but the Foreign Secretary, William Hague, has urged both sides to seize the chance for peace. The aunt of a Luton man jailed for his part in riots in 2011 says she'll keep campaigning to have his 18-year sentence reduced. Wayne Collins was convicted under the law of joint enterprise because he was with people who took part in the Birmingham riot, even though he took no active part. Yesterday, at the Court of Appeal, he failed to get his sentence reduced. His aunt, Debbie Taylor, says they will keep fighting to get him released. I feel that we have a leg to stand on because please understand me and I want everybody to out there that, you know, this could happen to anybody. It's the law by association that needs the guidance. Health experts warn that millions of people in the UK are being given the wrong advice about their ideal weight. The watchdog NICE says the accepted healthy score for the body mass index doesn't take into account that people of African, Caribbean and Asian descent are more prone to heart disease and diabetes than white populations. It suggests a lower BMI score for ethnic minority groups would help identify those at risk. A police campaign is underway in Luton to crack down on burglary. Officers have been visiting people in the Biscot area to give them advice on making their homes more secure. Police Sergeant Pauline Lang says they'll be advising people a number of things. Speak to the occupants about Neighbourhood Watch, Crime Stoppers and Ringmaster. Um, whilst we're out, we will offer uh, property marking kits and um, we will speak to residents about uh, Immobilise.com, which is a free security online database where people can register their property free of charge. In football, Milton Keynes Dons lost 2-0 away to Crewe last night. The weather starting off cloudy with some rain, but brightening up with a few showers this afternoon and a high of 8 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Wednesday. Wowzers! Wow! The Supreme Court will hand down its judgment on the latest round of legal challenges to HS2. We're asking protesters, are they wasting their time? Bedfordshire Police are the latest force to announce a burglary crackdown. Burglary crackdown? I thought it was illegal anyway. Are the police wasting their time? And I'll be continuing my efforts to clean up my colleagues' language. I suspect I might be wasting my time. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We will have the tallies on who swore and how much... Yesterday, some shocking stats coming in. Some shock stats. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. It's going to be one of those days, I think.
Nothing, Mr. McCartney. Sorry, Sir McCartney. Nothing whatsoever. 08459 555555. HS2 is set to become, uh, to, is set to come, sorry, a significant step closer later today when the Supreme Court passes judgment on the last set of legal challenges from its opponents. While the government seems prepared to plough on regardless of objections about the erosion of the countryside, loss of quality life, and bats. Some people living along the route still hold out some hope of a change of heart. But many feel they're fighting a losing battle. Our reporter, Tony Fisher, has been talking to them. 
First stop, little Chalfont, lovely leafy Buckinghamshire town. Let's see what people here think about HS2. It's just going to make one hell of a mess and cost an armload of money. I'd much rather the potholes in the road were filled. Walked into the butchers here in Little Chalfont. You're the butcher here, are you, sir? I am the butcher. And have wh- been for far too long. <laughs> what is your view on HS2? I think it's dreadful. If you want to do anything to a listed building or anything in the Chilterns, right, it can take you an eternity. And now they want to drive a huge railroad through the middle of the beautiful countryside. No questions asked. They've made their minds up. It's going to happen. Well, some strong views here in Little Chalfont. Uh, let's move on to the next stop along the route, Amersham. So, we're in Amersham. So, yeah. what do you think about HS2? I think it's lousy, and it shouldn't be allowed. Why not? Because it's an appalling thing. What it's doing is ripping up parts of the countryside and everything, and it is not needed. Hello there, sir. Sorry to bother you. I see you've got a Stop HS2 sticker in your yes. car window. Uh, what have you got against it? Uh, it's poorly thought out. Uh, every every six weeks or so, we're getting, oh, we forgot to tell you this. Oh, we're having a tunnel here. Oh, there's more cost. Oh, there isn't more cost. Oh, and then the latest one was some geezers getting, was it 750000 a year to run it. So we're in the Cross Keys pub in Great Missenden. I know you're having your lunch. Mm. But HS2... Um, have you changed your mind at all ever since this first was planned, or is the strength of opposition still as great as ever, do you think, in, in Great Missenden? No, I think it's still the same, but I think they're wasting their time and money because I think it will happen regardless. Well, that's people speaking to our reporter, Tony Fisher, who I suspect may have been on a pub crawl. I've just got a feeling. We, can we check his receipts? We can speak now to Ian McCauley from the HS2 Action Alliance. Morning, Ian. Good morning. Ian, it's time to throw in the towel, isn't it? You're clutching at straws. <laughs> no, absolute rubbish. Um, uh, your, your correspondent there mentioned that um, we're, we're fighting a losing battle. That's, uh, that's nonsense. The trend is uh, clearly for opposition or towards opposition. Um, and uh, it's, it's heading that really got some, some, some momentum, not just locally but across the country. Today's judgment won't stop HS2, though, will it? No, uh, I mean, it's just one more battle in the, uh, in the war. I mean, this is a huge project, and I think that there's a lot of legs in the, uh, in the dispute. But all you can, can, can achieve is just tinkering, is just slowing things down by maybe a few months, a few years, like tinkering with the details. It, it, the, the, are you confident that at some point you can actually stop this project happening? Well, uh, just referring back to the, the trend in, in opposition, um, I mean, uh, this time last year, it was sort of bit, around about 2012, this time 2012, the, the figures were that support was slightly ahead of, uh, of opposition. Now, something like 53% of the, of the population nationally is opposed to HS2, uh, and uh-huh. 27% are in support. And that's, that's, uh, that, that, that's a massive range of people from what you heard locally to... The most no-nonsense business community in the land in Yorkshire, where 62% are saying, we simply don't need it. People are against it. Lots of people are against it. And we know because we speak to them and we'll get phone calls from them today. But legally, there's not much more you can do. Or is there? Oh, yeah. Um, as I say, this is one more battle in the, the war today. But there's, there are a couple of options into, into Europe. I mean, quite technical. So, in, in summary, there are two routes to, to take into Europe. Um, 
One is to make a, a complaint, uh, bring a complaint to the Aarhus Convention Compliance Committee. Uh, now, they basically have the power to define that any ruling, uh, if it goes against us, uh, would leave the UK in breach of uh, the UN treaty obligations under the Aarhus Convention, which is an environmental-related um, uh, rule. Um, we're also planning, if this, if, if we fail today, to uh, bring a complaint to the European Commission. Um, now, if that, uh, taking that route, um, then that will be means the UK government will be taken to the European Court of Justice to explain why it's not uh, completed a strategic environment assessment uh, for HS2. Uh, basically, in layman's terms, the government has not properly assessed the environmental impact uh, of HS2. Ian, what's the mood uh, amongst other members of the HS2 Action Alliance? I think it's, it's just frustration. That it's, it's such a blindingly uh, obvious situation. This is a vanity project that the majority of the people in the country don't want. I mean, most, most people's view, or the, the, the occasions when people come across uh, HS2 trains are when they're standing in their garden watching a gravy train hurtle by 250 miles an hour. Um, it won't actually stop in the places where it is most needed. Uh, Ian, thank you very much for your time. Nice to talk to you. It was a ridiculous hour of the morning. I appreciate you getting up for us. Ian McCauley from the HS2 Action Alliance. I always get lots of uh, strong calls on this. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you uh, want to give us a call, we'll give you the latest update very shortly on the swear box. The breakfast crew have uh, decided to stop swearing for the week. Right, I've not started writing down to okay, today, well, Justin so you did, had some confessions from yesterday, didn't you? I did two in the office yesterday. Yeah, we heard that. <laughs> oh, man! Two, this is me trying to stop pornographic texts being sent to my phone. Two in the office, and then two at home. One of them oh. was to, to the delivery company. I'll tell you that story later on. Kelly Betts sent me uh, a text with a swear word in. Does it count if it's written down? You know it does. Yes. We've had that discussion. And you even said in the text, this is going to cost me 50 pence, but it's worth it. Was she swearing about me? Justin Dilly this morning, in the space of uh, five minutes, had three. Oh, I know. What, is it all day swears? <laughs> and then he didn't realise it was all day swears, despite us discussing that. And he's admitted to ten swears yesterday in the day. <sighs> but I think that's... I think he's, he said there were ten over a, a fried egg. That's a conservative estimate. <laughs> ten over a fried egg with his mum. So, yeah, very conservative. With his mum? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll say he's got 13. We'll, we'll add the... Oh, Catherine, how many did you do yesterday? Uh... Probably about two miles. I don't think they're even 50 peers. I think they're probably 25. What were they? Well, I can't say one. You can't say them on there. They're 50 peers. They were things like, you know, one that rhymes with ruddy. That's a swear, 50 pence. And you say about two. One that rhymes with farce. You basically just said it within that word. Yeah, that's another. That counts. So so add that a pound. Uh, Be honest, any more? No. I was with my little two-year-old all day. Yeah. That kind of limits things. Okay. Here's someone who hasn't got a potty mouth. From bed. It's Alice Glossop and Bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Looking pretty quiet out there at the moment. Uh, on the cameras, does look quite miserable though. Lots of surface water, especially on the M40 and M4. There is some flooding in Tiddington. Sandy Lane is closed between the Oxford Road and Old London Road. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. I've just seen a private tweet I sent to someone. Could you add another two swear words on there for me, please? Thank you very much. I'm being honest. I just sent a, I saw a direct message I sent to someone yesterday. This was after the um, delivery debacle. More on that later. It's 6.17... 
It's Wednesday the 22nd of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Supreme Court will make the final ruling about HS2 through Buckinghamshire today. Police in Luton have begun a crackdown on burglary by advising people how to prevent break-ins. Lock your doors. In football, the MK Dons lost their league match against Crewe last night by two goals to nil. The weather, rain gradually edging away this morning with sunny spells and showers to follow. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine, the JVS Show. Well, whose fault is it that there are so many fat people in this country? It's a horrible word. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. But why do you want to kind of tiptoe around the issue? People are people. People aren't fat just because they're big. Tackling your consumer problems. Over the last few months, I've been palmed off every few days. There are some absolute rogues out there yeah. in the car industry. Tim, I'm going to send uh, Wayne in yes, to you. Yes. Let's get some detail and we'll get okay, this sorted yeah. out. The J- JVS Show, weekdays from nine, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up before uh, seven, hopefully, Justin Daly will be uh, talking to us about a racist chair. 08459 four double five five double five. I can't believe I just said those words out loud. Guess there's no use in hanging around. Guess I'll get dressed and do the town. I'll find some crowded avenue Though it will be empty without you Can't get used to losing you No matter what I try to do Gonna live my whole life through Loving you Call up some girl I used to know After I heard her say hello I couldn't think of anything to say Since you're gone it happens every Only me Cause no one else could take your place Guess that I am just a hopeless case Can't get used to losing you No matter what I try to do Gonna live my whole life through This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. You know the drill. Now, with all our forces, police forces, that is, increasingly having to watch the pennies, more emphasis is being put on stopping crime, specifically burglary, before it happens. 
Police in Hertfordshire and Milton Keynes have been sending out officers to areas with a high number of break-ins, offering security tips, invisible marking and even knocking on doors to tell people they've left their windows open. Really? Last night it was Luton's turn as Bedfordshire police launched Operation Worm Vision in Biscot. Catherine Bowles in the studio to tell us more. Catherine, why now? Well, Bedfordshire police say burglaries often increase during the winter months because of the darker nights. So their officers are out advising residents on how to tackle burglary and giving uh, handy hints on uh, fighting, uh, fighting criminals. Not physically... Because as we, we know, there are limits on that. We, do you remember when the council was, was going through that thing where they were switching off streetlights yeah. to save electricity yes. and money? Uh, no, it doesn't. the darkness doesn't uh, increase crime, yet the police are saying it does. Well, yes. Interesting. It is. The hope is that residents will take simple security measures to keep their property safe. It's basically, we're all in this together, sort yourselves out. Here's Hertfordshire Police Sergeant Pauline Leng, who led last night's operation. Operation Vision is um, a high-visibility policing where we visit uh, people's homes to offer reassurance to residents and ensure the best possible security is in place uh, to protect their homes. Speak to the occupants about Neighbourhood Watch, Crime Stoppers and Ringmaster. Um, whilst we're out, we will offer uh, property marking kits and um, we will speak to residents about uh, Immobilise.com, which is a free security online database where people can register their property free of charge. So it's basically just um, um, neighbourhood watch, isn't it? Lock your doors and keep an eye out. Don't forget to lock things. Well, not quite. I mean, this is an ongoing effort. They were in Leighton Buzzard last month. Don't you remember? Yeah. Our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, went out with them overnight. Oh. He was quite impressed, actually. He came back feeling like Columbo. He Here's did. why. Sergeant Andy Rivers uh, of Leighton Buzzard Police Station. I'm the neighbourhood sergeant. Well, we're going to go out and we're going to do some proactive policing patrols. As you can see, I'm in plain clothes. I've got two of my officers here, two police community support officers, uh, Scott and Viona, who are going to be in uniform in a marked vehicle. Um, I'm going to be going out, plotting up, parking on people's drives in areas where uh, burglaries are uh, prevalent, um, and they're going to be on the periphery. If I identify people that need to be stopped, I will approach them, call in the uh, marked unit to help us out, and we'll go through the uh, stop and search procedures. And why are you looking at this particular area at the moment? Within the last week, we've had a number of burglaries within this particular area, within Leighton Buzzard, whereby people have failed to lock their doors properly. And what I mean by that is, UPVC doors, we need to lift the handle and turn the key. If we just lift the handle, then the other locks do not interconnect and the doors can be just opened very easily with a screwdriver. That's why we're there. So people haven't been locking their doors at night? No, not correctly. Obviously the doors are shut, there is a keep that's obviously connected, but it's not locked properly, and they they can be popped open so easily with a screwdriver. The reason for me being out there is to identify people that are acting suspicious, and as far as I'm concerned, anybody walking around that estate at one o'clock in the morning is going to raise my suspicion levels. And then I'll review it once I speak to them whether or not I'm going to go through the stop and search powers and obviously look for articles that may be used to assist in gaining entry. And from there, if I find something, then uh, they'll be spending a night in the cells. OK, should we go and have a look? Let's do it. It's a nice car, Andy. It's an unmarked vehicle. Yes, I'm very lucky to be driving around in one of our uh, previous uh, drug dealers' car that we seized, uh, Range Rover HSE Sport. Um, it is marked up, but I say at night time you actually can't see uh, the markings because they're not fluorescent, so it does act as a plain car. And uh, who would expect a police officer to turn up in a Range Rover Sport, to be honest? <laughs> so we've just pulled somebody over there. It was fairly innocent, wasn't it? But wh- why did we pull that person over? We're obviously in an area where uh, burglaries are hot. The vehicle, as you saw, drove past us the other way. I didn't like the look of the gentleman um, in the car. The car didn't necessarily fit the area. So we've turned round. 
we've, we've caught up with him and the back doors have opened and this bloke's got out. I didn't know whether they were going to run or, as it is innocently, he lives across the road. But I've stopped and spoke to him. I've conducted the checks. I'm quite happy about who he is and where he lives. So uh, we've shaken hands and he's gone his own way. Interesting turn of phrase. Why did you stop this guy? I didn't like the look of him. I'm it, sure that fella, if he's listening, is charmed. Isn't that an amazing power? It, well, uh, I, I mean... But sometimes you do have a sixth sense about people. Sometimes you know when something's not quite right. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. So basically, they're going around saying, lock your doors. Lock up your daughters. Well, it can help if you lock your doors. 08459 455 555. If you got burgled, it was probably your fault then, wasn't it? Wasn't it? And also, there are, I know that, the, the, you know the big old-fashioned doors that have just got a Yale, uh, Yale lock on? I know how to pop those doors open very, very easily with a bottle of water. But apparently the modern doors aren't much better. Those the, UPVC doors really? are quite easy to get through. Really? I hear. I, I, I certainly know a couple of my neighbours fell foul of that one. They didn't lock it properly from inside. Your burglary stories, please. 08459 455 555. And who's your favourite nun? Call me now. <laughs>
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things building up on the M25, anti-clockwise around Junction 25 for Enfield. There's flooding on the Chinner Road between Aston Rowant and Chinner. On the cameras, things looking miserable out there and there's quite a lot of surface water on the roads. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Jane Killick. The latest ruling on legal challenges brought against the government's controversial HS2 rail scheme will be announced today. The Supreme Court will hand down its verdict on an appeal brought by campaigners against the route through Buckinghamshire. A major diplomatic effort to end the three-year civil war in Syria is beginning today in Switzerland. An international conference will bring together delegations representing President Assad's government and part of the Syrian opposition. A police campaign is underway in Luton to crack down on burglary. Officers have been visiting people in the Biscot area to give them advice on making their homes more secure. The weather, cloudy with rain this morning, some sunny spells and showers this afternoon and a high of 8 Celsius. On to sport and we start off with football. In League One, Milton Keynes Dons are now eight points adrift of the playoff places after losing 2-0 away at Crewe last night. The Dons missed a chance to level when Sean Williams' penalty was saved. Dons manager Carl Robinson was critical of his side's performance. And two people did their own thing and, and it wasn't through a lack of doing their own thing because they weren't working hard. From an eagerness to do too much... Mm taking too many touches not getting your shots off or your crosses in when you should so I don't want to talk about the penalty or the pitch or surely obviously his free kick about two minutes before they took theirs and scored theirs there was some there was other elements of that were a little bit more uh, we've got to be a little more honest and more open with ourselves Manchester City are into the final of the League Cup after a 3-0 win against West Ham at Upton Park Luton's lead at the top of the conference is down to just one point. Second-placed Cambridge won 1-0 away to struggling Tamworth, leaving them a point behind Luton with one game in hand. Watford have confirmed that Gabriel Angela's red card against Bournemouth at the weekend has been transferred to his defensive teammate Fitz Hall. Angela was sent off for a foul Hall committed and the club appealed. It means that Hall is now suspended for the FA Cup fourth-round tie at Manchester City on Saturday. And Milton Keynes Olympic long jump champion Greg Rutherford has been forced to delay the start of his 2014 season through injury. The 27-year-old has pulled out of the Glasgow International match on Saturday after suffering a minor injury during training. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties. We haven't got time for that. We know what's going on here. So... Um, uh, Catherine's joined me in the studio for the look at the papers and Dennis has joined me on the telephone for the look at his life. Morning, Dennis. Hiya, Dennis. Morning. Now, listen, Dennis, you, yesterday, I don't know if you remember me telling you uh, and the listeners uh, that I was receiving pornographic texts yes. at pound fifty a pop, yes. which I, I couldn't even do as I haven't got the internet on my phone. It's only WAP enabled. Uh, and I'd, I'd lost over £100. Had you? Yeah, yes. Did you keep the, did you keep the porn, though? So, uh, I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I, I had a rather fruity phone conversation with my mobile phone provider. You, you, you heard it, Catherine. Well, I was right next to you. Yeah. I think most of the office heard it. Yeah, yeah I embarrassed myself. Uh, but they were lying to me about something. They were lying to me about something. And when I said, I, you're, that's not true, the girl got very defensive. 
Well, is it not true? We have a lot of texters listening at the moment. Yeah, OK. This, is, this is what they said. It. This is what they said, OK. They looked through my phone bill and they said, you've texted a number, OK? You've texted a number and this is the reason you're getting porn texts, right? Now, the number they gave me, Dennis, yes. was 81333. What number's that? 8133. No, no, listen again. Uh, 81333. No idea. OK. How often do you listen to this show? Quite often. Right. Kelly, 81333, what number's that? It's the local radio number. It's us. It's the BBC. If you want to text local BBC radio, 81333. Now, they said the reason I was getting sex texts, sexts... Texts. Yes, go on. Yeah. (laughs) Was um, uh, because I texted 81333. Now, I said that's not true. She said, it is. I said, it's not. She said, it is. I said, it's not. She said, how do you know? I said, I'm sat in the BBC office right now. She said, I don't believe you. I said, OK, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask someone who's technically minded here. I, pull, I pulled the phone away. Gareth, if we text 81333, do, we, do the BBC send on or sell our numbers to other companies? No! No, they don't. I don't believe you. This happened. This is why I was getting angry. So, what I want to know, dear listener, if you have texted this show... Maybe they were right. If you have texted this show, have you received a, a, a deluge of pornography? This could also act as a handy excuse. <laughs> it could do. If you are so minded. 81333, so, Ian, yes. Are you texting the show while you're on air? Occasionally I text the show. If Justin's filling in, I will text him abuse. Oh, right, OK, yeah. fair, uh, fair point. Also on Saturday mornings, 9 till 12, I'll text him abuse. Fair point. So th- I've also texted him such things. Yeah. <laughs> but so far, no filth. Now, you've not had filth through? No. So this is why I had a big row with, with them. And then I said, can I speak to your manager? I'll put the manager on. And then the manager said, sir, you're getting very angry. I was. I'm going to put the phone down. I'll call you back in a few minutes. You need to calm down. <gasps> no Got me angrier. So then he phones back a few minutes later. He said, sir, for us to continue this discussion, I need you to be polite and to be calm and to not, get, and not tell me to shut up. First of all, I've told no one to shut up yet. I said, OK, Gareth, that was his name. I'll do that if you promise to stop patronising me. Oh. Yeah. He said, sir, sir, <laughs> I'm not patronising you. <laughs> That's how he said it. I said, you're doing it just there, Gareth. Sir, sir, if you continue with this tone, I'm going to have to put the phone down again. Stop patronising me. Anyway, we didn't get to a resolution. So that was, that was one thing yesterday. Then get this, Dennis. I'm on a rant now. Sorry, Cathy, you might as well go and get, get some breakfast in. I'll just read the paper, you're right. Get this, Dennis. I've got you. Right, I come home yesterday, about four o'clock. There's a note through the door from a delivery company. Sorry we missed you. We've left your package at number, let's say, number 68. Mm-hmm. I live at number 68, Dennis. I wouldn't be surprised. They haven't left a package there. So no. there's a number on there, so I phoned the number up. <coughs> Hello? Delivery company, can I, uh, or, can we help you? Yeah, it says you've um, delivered a package, left at number 68. I live at number 68, it's not there. Is there a, can you give me the tracking order? No, because where the tracking order should be, the driver's written, please collect. <laughs> right, OK, well, let me have a look. He looked, he said, no, 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 you, you've ordered nothing from us. I said, no, no, that doesn't matter. A card has been sent from your company saying I've got a package left at my house. I've got to collect it. It's not at my house. What are you going to do about it? He said, well, there's been a mistake, sir. I said, I know there's been a mistake. Where's my package? I don't know, sir. Then there's like a sign. So, right, can you, can, can you give me the phone number of the actual delivery company? I'm sorry, sir. They don't have a phone number. <gasps> Imagine that! 
It's like all of the companies have got together to annoy you. To try and make me swear. Well, it yeah. worked yesterday. Three, if, of, three of my swears because of these incidents. If Jeremy Beadle, may he rest in peace, was still with us, yep. you would be expecting him to pop out. I, I, I w- would. Or uh, Noel Edmonds with a gotcha Oscar. There was none of that. So what I did, this, I'm not proud of it, I had the phone against my ear, I pulled the phone away from me, I was going mental now, I went, you are all flipping nuts! And then hung up. <laughs> not proud of it, I was so furious. did you get your... No, I've knocked on all of the doors in my street, apart from one, not in my street, all of the immediate doors apart from one, because they weren't in, saying, I'm terribly sorry, uh, have you, no, we haven't got a package for you. So there's one more option. And also I know what it is now as well, it's quite an expensive package. Dennis. Yes. What do you reckon to that? Well, are you going back to the company again? Well, they're no use. They're no use. No, no, no. Did let please. Did you order something from them? I didn't order something from that company, but they lease out that uh, delivery company to other companies. Yes. Fair enough. It's an Xbox One, basically. Yes. Well, that's fair enough. Um, What can you do? I usually go to one one eight one eight zero because of my telephone business, and what? I can uh, I and get get a number, a number, or a, even locate the place. Right. Hmm? Okay. And don't go down and kick the front door in. Yeah, we're not going to kick any front doors in. Listen, I feel I've put a bit of a buzzkill on the show. Shall we play some um, lovely music and come back and be all joyous? Yeah, uh, I wanted to talk to you about uh, security y- in that house. Okay. Yeah, okay. No, you should. He's got CCTV in that. Oh, all right. We'll come to you after this, Dennis. Okay. You make me feel so old. (laughs) You make me feel so young. You make me feel so spring has sprung. And every time I see you grin, I'm such a happy individual. The moment that you speak. I want to go play hide-and-seek I want to go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon You and I Are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung And a wonderful fling to be flung And even when I'm old and gray I'm gonna feel the way I do today Cause you make me feel so young You make me feel so young You make me feel so spring has sprung And every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual The moment that you speak I want to go and play hide and seek I want to go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon You and I are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung Wonderful fling to be flung 
when I'm old and gray. I'm gonna feel the way I do. So young. You make me feel so young. Quite young, that fella. He's good, isn't he? Yeah, but I'm old and bald. I'm even older than him. <laughs> Dennis, stay there. Stephen the Milky's called in. Stephen? Good morning. Good morning. You've texted 81333, haven't you? Starting your text 3CR. I have. Have you been receiving pornography? Uh, not at all. Not one. What, you haven't been deluged with filth? Nothing at all. No, alive. I, t- I said to this woman, I said, you're, you're not. You're, what you're saying is incorrect. I'm sorry, sir. It's it, you, how you don't know that for sure. I do know it. I'm sat in the BBC. I've asked people. I know. I've, oh. I've got words. I've got, got some advice for you. Go on, sir. Yes. If you're having trouble, is this bloke? I've only heard of him called JVS. Um, He's a good man. He'll sort it out for you. Is he the fella that does the cookery show? <laughs> I think he does a cookery. As long as he's got wine in it, yes, he can do it. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> check it out. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, now, Dennis, what did you want? Right, you were talking about burglary and, uh, and looking after the house. Yes. Now, these plastic doors, why do they fit them in the... When they fit them, do they tell you that they're not burglar-proof? You know? Uh, I don't know. I've not had a plastic door. I, will, I have. I haven't. I've got solid... Oh, solid wooden doors but, all the way round. But I did that, Dennis, and I ended up with a door that I had to barrage my way... Well, I, I, I couldn't get in, I couldn't get out well, when security, it was down. Though, security conscious. Well, yeah, fair enough. The burglar couldn't get in or out either. Yeah. But in the end, we got a plastic door, UPVC door. Classy. Of the next generation. Oh. Yeah. And they said that they are more secure, but I'm still slightly concerned. I mean, I'm, if they're going to get in, they're going to get in, aren't they? Is there anything you can really do? If you've got time, if you've got time, yes, they can get through anything. But the thing is, what they'll do is, <clears throat> burglars, they're chances most of the time, so they'll come and try your door, give it 30 seconds, if they can't get in, they'll go next door. Yep. That's the thing. Yeah. And it seems obvious to me, lock your doors. But my, if anybody steps into my garden back up front, uh, the lights come on. No. Even during the day. And it, I have oh. a little device which I can plug anywhere in the house where there's a three-pin socket. And it, ch- it makes a chirping sound, so I, kn- I know there's somebody in the garden. What do you mean it makes a chirping sound? It goes... <laughs> and I can't, I can't do it. A blow-off sound? No, it's not a blow it's That's a blow-off sound. It sounds like a bird Well, do chirping. it. Do it. No, I can't. I can't the, so- the, the noise you made doesn't sound like a bird. That sounds no, like I'm a blow-off. Because I'm not very good at making that noise. OK. Ke- Kelly Betts has got a good point she'd like to make. Kelly? Dennis, did you say it's like a bird sound? A bird sound chirping, yes. But what happens when there is actually a bird chirping? I sh- we've got thousands of the damn things. Actually, yeah. I think half the population of the sparrows have moved into our garden. So if a burglar is on your property, yes. it would sound like lots of birds? Yes, but this is mostly at night and most of the birds are asleep by then. And also birds don't make blow-off noises. That's no, true, don't. good point. However... The front, front, back and door, the doors are all double locked. Yeah. And uh, when we come in at night, they're deadlocked. So even if you put the key in, they won't work. Dennis, it sounds like you live in Fort Knox. Have you been burgled or something in the past? No, but I, I'm already, I'm conscious that people do things like that. Did you, did you steal a lot of art during World War II or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not money. World War Two. I was a young gentleman. The only things I stole there was somebody's virginity, but that was beside the point. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Dennis and Dunstable always lowering the tone. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. I definitely can't follow that. 
Things are building up on the M25 anti-clockwise now between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Brickett Wood looking very heavy on the north orbital at the M25 junction 21A roundabout. And in Borehamwood, the A1 southbound already queuing this morning between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Don't forget, coming up later on in the show, Justin Dealey will be talking about a racist chair. But now it's 6.46, it's Wednesday, the 22nd of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Supreme Court will make the final ruling about HS2 through Buckinghamshire today. Police in Luton have begun a crackdown on burglary by advising people how to prevent break-ins. In football, the MK Dons lost their league match against Crewe last night by two goals to nil. We'll do the papers in a bit, shall we, Catherine? We didn't really get much done then. I've got some good ones. OK, 08459 455 555. Before that, though, let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. A rather damp start to Wednesday. We had a heavy band of rain moving through in the early hours of this morning. Now, that's made its way pretty much out of all three counties now. It's just moving its way towards the North Sea. Behind it, though, it is a rather cloudy flow. One or two outbreaks of rain behind it, just light ones. But also a bit of mist and fog starting to develop as well. But eventually we should get some brighter spells, some drier spells, and maybe by this afternoon a glimmer of sunshine. Maximum temperature around 8 Celsius, 46 degrees in Fahrenheit. Overnight tonight, we may get one or two showers at first but they're going to dry out we'll get some clear spells and that's going to allow the temperature to drop down to single figures some places perhaps a smidge below and we could get a sparkle of frost um, just before to dawn tomorrow morning so dry and chilly start to Thursday but it's not going to last I'm afraid a band of heavy rain moving towards us through the course of Thursday morning bringing with it maybe a rumble or two of thunder but once that goes out of the way we'll get some clearer spells and some sunshine tomorrow afternoon temperature similar a touch cooler as the air is coming from a slightly cooler place. 7 Celsius, 45 degrees in Fahrenheit. Original British drama on BBC One. Welcome to our glorious enterprise. We're going to build a new France. Now, we kill the king and queen. The poor and the dispossessed will rise up and join us. Dark forces are at work in 17th century France. No one outwits Fadim. It's too dangerous. I can do this. Trust me. The king and I should attend mass as planned. She's a very attractive woman. She's not a woman. She's the queen. The Musketeers continues this Sunday night at 9 on BBC One and BBC One HD.
good. I love them. Yeah? I love them. You went on holiday to them. I went on holiday to them. My sister lives in the town where the men are from. The, the, Evans George. Oh, the, the, from the band? Yeah, not her. Not the singing one. But the men sing too. But not the whole band is from Evans, Georgia. Oh, wait, for a bit boring. It's I'd not say. why I like them. I just think they're good. A bit boring. What? This song? This conversation. Oh. Oh, wait, four, five, nine. I'm just using my abort button. The escape pod is. I didn't realise there was one. I might have pressed it about 10 minutes ago. Wow. But it was interesting. You story. don't have access to it. It's in a very secret place. 08459 four double five five double five. Hey! Papers. TV Doc tests out Gay Cure. Oh! That's on uh, the page three of the tele- Sun Telly bit. Yeah. No one found me in the sun yesterday, by the way. There was, oh. a, fo- there was a photo of me in there. No one looked. <laughs> telly Dr. Christian Jessen will undergo therapy to see if it can cure homosexuality. He's the fella that looks at um, uh, deformed bottoms. Yes. Yeah, he's horrible bodies. You know Ken from Barbie and Ken? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Jess, Chris Jessen looks like Barbie and Ken if you just squeeze his head a little oh, bit okay. so it goes down. Like You're saying he's, he's smooth like a ski ramp? I don't know about that. No. The gay medic, Inset, what? that's him. Not his name, he's in the picture. Yeah. We'll look at UK and US therapies to see if sexual preferences can be switched for future uh, documentary C4... Uh, me, I Abort. Gay. Wait, wait, wait. He aims to see if these tactics can be dangerous, both physically and emotionally. He's gay and he says he's had gay patients Abort. desperately Boring. wanting to be straight. I think that's um, an hour of television that doesn't really... No. We know the answer, don't we? It doesn't need to be made. But it will be... What's on the front page of The Sun? Because this is a story we've sent just... Morning, Justin. Morning, boss. This is a cracking oh, story. Oh, there's a picture of Nigel Farage that I can't unsee. Not that one. <laughs> um, and... There is um, Abramovich's girlfriend sitting in the most hideous chair I've ever seen. And that's not because I dislike women or dislike black people. I just dislike horrible, tacky chairs Describe that are it to people. It it's being like, billed as a racist chair. You know those rubbish waxwork museums you get abroad where they have to put a label on everything because you can't tell who yep, they are? Yep. Well, imagine one of those waxworks on its back with its legs in the air and a cushion on its backside. So she's, it's a black lady. She's lying on her back. She's got kind of got her legs t- strapped down against her body. She's got no top on. She's got long boots on, long gloves and black <clears throat> panties. Uh, and it's a chair. Her, her backside is a chair. Yeah. It's being described as a racist chair. Because it shows a black woman in a supine uh, position. I'm not convinced. Just, I don't know what you think. I'm not convinced by the race. Sexist, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Although there is apparently a male equivalent. Hideous for sure. Hideous for sure. Sexist, maybe. Racist, I don't I think know. It's stupidity, to be quite honest with you. Obviously, oh. you know, Chelsea owner Roman Abramovich. There he is, one of the richest men in the world. He never, ever does interviews. Here we have his girlfriend doing a photo shoot. What idiot came up with the idea? I tell you what, why don't you sit down on this chair? I don't think it's racist. I think it's stupidity. That's my personal view. But uh, what I've done this morning, Ian, I've uh, been talking to members of the black community about this. I've been out with the Sun newspaper. I've been speaking to them to find out what they think. Here's what they had to say. Ronnie, there is the front page of the Sun. Tell us your immediate thoughts. Well, it looks horrible. It looks like a slave. That's how it looks. Um, I don't know what's the deal, but I think obviously it's foolish to agree to that. That's what I think. Uh, it's just like a slave-master relationship. That's it. You're saying that person looks like a slave. She's yeah. foolish to be sitting on that chair. The key question is, do you think that's racist, that chair? Yeah, of course. Because look at it. Um, I, cause that, I think so personally, yeah. But clearly it offends you. Yeah, well, like I say, I think it's quite silly, but I'm not going to allow it because I don't know it personally. I'm not going to allow it get to me. It's foolish, really, yeah. Really, it's really difficult to describe it, but 
something which is unusual. <laughs> I think it's fair to say it's very unusual, but when you see that, does that offend you? Do you think that that is racist? Not really. Not really, yeah. So it shouldn't be on the front page of the newspaper? No. It's a non-story as far as you're concerned? Yeah. I really don't care about this unless it's directed at me or somebody in particular. I don't care, it's just media at the end of the day. I mean, some campaigners are saying this is racist. Do you think that's racist? Oh, it's the 21st century. Nobody cares anymore. You know what I mean? It's something small. I know you say nobody cares, but do you think yourself it's racist? It's not directed at me or anybody I care about, so doesn't really matter to me. I mean, it's a, you're right, Catherine. It's a pretty hideous piece of furniture, art. I don't know. It goes to show you can have money but no style. Yeah. I guess part of it is the context. We were talking about this earlier on, that it's in Russia where there aren't very many black people. It's being sat on by a white Russian billionaire. Does that change it slightly? I don't know. I mean, I mean, recently I went to Riga, which is a Russian state. You're absolutely right. I didn't see... If I did, I saw one black person all weekend, and that person was a tourist. I think, yeah, I think that does change the context of it slightly. But again, to go back to my original point, I just think it's stupidity. Yes, she has come out. Yes, she has apologised. But, but this photograph on the front page of The Sun this morning is going to really embarrass Roman Abramovich. Whoever's idea it was, quite frankly, they were being absolutely ridiculous. Well, I think she's since apologised and the photo has been cropped now uh, for the online. It's, it's an article for a magazine I think. It's been cropped for the online thing. Just, whereabouts are you off to for the rest of the morning? Ian, I can do whatever you want, sir. I, I am yours. You tell me where to go and I will go. Costa. Okay. Alright. Cheers. La- large latte, please. Okay. Cheers, sir. He just goes. He just goes. He just follows instructions like that. Um, it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, 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 can, can a chair be racist? No. When I heard about the racist chair last night, I was expecting something... I'm going to say it's something worse than yeah. that. Having lived in Spain, where there really is no um, sensibility of, yeah. of that, they're about so, some areas they're about 30, 40 years behind. Yeah. Because they, they just don't have contact with very many black people at all. They, have a similar, they certainly don't have the same voice as they have in this country. They have a similar attitude in Japan. Japan's a little bit racist towards black people. Uh, I remember going into a supermarket and they had, um, uh, what, yeah, they were called black man pants. And it basically, it made, you know, things look bigger down there. And there's kind of that, just that slight underlying race, not even that slight, actually, underlying racism from the Japanese towards black people. It's very strange, isn't it? It's very strange how different cultures react to different people. Yeah. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. I'm asking a question I never thought I would ask on the radio. Can a chair be racist? And how fast did they put this chair on eBay after this? Yes. Oh, let's have, well, let's have a little look. Right, let's get the travel. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had a call in from Tim in Biggleswade. The London Road is closed around the bulk. We're just waiting for further information on that. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, there are reports of an accident just before the Homesdale Tunnel around Junction 25 for Enfield. Queues going back to 26 of Waltham Abbey at the moment. On the speed sensors, the A1M is starting to build up around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. I've had a tweet from Scott. Can a chair cure homosexuality? You've confused two sto- sco- stories there, Scott. It's just... You're making things a little bit muddy there. Can a chair be racist? Wow, there's a sentence. It's up there with who's your favourite nun and call us with your chainsaw stories. 
08459 455 555. And if you want to have a whinge about delivery companies, today's the day to do it, really. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. The Supreme Court rules on HS2 today. Diplomatic push to end the civil war in Syria and crackdown on burglary in Luton. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Supreme Court rules on HS2 today. The HS2 Action Alliance brought a challenge against the high-speed rail line through Buckinghamshire after the Court of Appeal ruled against them. These are the views of some of the people living along the route in Buckinghamshire. It's just going to make one hell of a mess and cost... An armload of money. It's poorly thought out. Uh, every every six weeks or so, we're getting. Oh, we forgot to tell you this. Oh, we're having a tunnel here. I think they're wasting their time and money because I think it will happen regardless. A major diplomatic effort to end the three-year civil war in Syria is beginning today in Switzerland. For the first time, an international conference will bring together delegations representing President Assad's government and part of the Syrian opposition. The aunt of a Luton man jailed for his part in riots in 2011 says she'll keep campaigning to have his 18-year sentence reduced. Wayne Collins was convicted under the law of joint enterprise because he was with rioters even though he took no active part. The Court of Appeal rejected his attempt to get his sentence reduced yesterday and his aunt Debbie Taylor says they'll keep fighting. I feel that we have a leg to stand on because please understand me and I want everybody to out there that you know, this could happen to anybody. It's the law by association that needs the guidance. A charity that works to get better education for poorer children has urged the government to delay plans to double the number of free nursery school places. The Sutton Trust says the quality of education at the moment isn't good enough, so the scheme should not be expanded until better teaching is available. The European Commission is expected to announce today that it's scrapping binding national targets for generating renewable energy. It's planning instead to set a collective goal for the whole of the EU to develop wind and solar power. A police campaign is underway in Luton to crack down on burglary. Officers have been visiting people in the Biscot area to give them advice on making their homes more secure. Police Sergeant Pauline Leng says they're talking to people about a number of preventive measures. Speak to the occupants about Neighbourhood Watch, Crime Stoppers and Ringmaster. Um, whilst we're out, we will offer uh, property marking kits and um, we will speak to residents about uh, Immobilise.com, which is a free security online database where people can register their property free of charge. Police are investigating a complaint by the former England footballer Stan Collymore that he was sent a series of racist and threatening messages using Twitter. He's accused the social networking site of not doing enough to stop the abuse. Twitter says it can't comment on individual cases. In football, Milton Keynes Dons lost 2-0 away to Crewe last night. And the weather starting off cloudy with some rain, but brightening up with a few showers this afternoon and a high of 8 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Three minutes past seven, Wednesday, the 22nd of January. Lots coming up. The Supreme Court will hand down its judgment on the latest round of legal challenges to HS2. We're asking, are the protesters wasting their time? 
Bedfordshire Police are the latest force to announce a burglary crackdown. They've been patrolling the Biscot area of Luton, offering handy security tips. We're asking, are the police wasting their time? And I'll be continuing my efforts to clean up my colleagues' language. I suspect I might be wasting my time. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Also... After my nightmare story, nightmare, first world problems, uh, of uh, coming home, finding a delivery note saying, hello, sorry we missed you, we uh, delivered your package at number 68. I live at number 68. No order number, nothing. I phoned up the number on there, sorry sir, we, we, we can't help you. Where's my package? Well, we don't know. If you want to phone up and have a whinge about delivery companies and ordering things, then you can. Obviously, don't mention any company names, but do give us a call. Let's hear your horror stories, shall we? There are some companies that have been in the paper recently for just chucking, you know, quite expensive things that you've ordered off online over the wall. Things going missing. Lots. It happens a lot, doesn't it? Oh eight four five nine, four double five five double five. And we'll also give you an update on uh, the swear box. It was an expensive day for some people yesterday. Now, opponents of the HS2 rail project, which runs through the Chilterns, are due to hear a Supreme Court judgment later this morning relating to two of their complaints. HS2 Action Alliance appealed against a Court of Appeal judgment which had ruled against its protest over the decision to go ahead with HS2. One of the uh, many emotive stories to emerge from the rail scheme is the case of the former Bucks postmistress, Elfrida Harpatar, who wanted to sell her home to pay for nursing care, only for the property to be deemed worthless. A prospective local buyer for the old post office building at Turston was refused a mortgage because the house was valued at zero pounds. After her son, Mike, turned to the HS2 Exceptional Hardship Scheme, a settlement was eventually reached, and we can talk to Mike now. Morning, Mike. Good morning to you. Mike, how, how stressful was the whole process for you and Mum? Well, it was extremely stressful. If you just imagine a 97-year-old at the time lady who is blind and basically dependent entirely on carers to provide her food and look after her, and then knowing after another accident that she had got to go into a nursing home after a spell in hospital to be looked after 24 hours a day, but also knowing that such homes are expensive, and she had an asset, of course, which was her house, and her savings had virtually gone at this stage. And so the net result of all of that was that she had, to say the least, a stressful time, but we obviously looked after her. She was in the home. And we aimed to sell the house to provide the proceeds for the rest of our life. But, as you've already just said, when it came to the crunch, having found a buyer in the village, in fact, Ter Western, incidentally... Thank you very much, yes. I realise I, realize I said yeah. it wrong as I was saying it. Apologies. <laughs> yeah. Um, we found a buyer, uh, so we thought we didn't have to trouble anyone. They were happy with the purchase, which was a bigger house for them. And they were going to do it up. It's a grade two listed building, which needs uh, obviously great care when you try to do it up, because they had to get permission from the 
listing people and the ordinary planning permissions from the council. All was going ahead, we thought, perfectly well. And then suddenly I got a phone call from them saying, Mike, we're in trouble. I went straight on over and they showed me the letter from the building society which refused the loan and indeed said that for value purposes they placed a value on the house of nil pounds bracket zero bracket. just to clarify just to hammer that point home what, how did that make you feel when you saw that horrified because it obviously completely stopped the sale full stop and at that stage we knew that it was difficult to sell houses in the village, but bear in mind, this was someone from the village mm. who was simply moving around in the village. We then decided there was only one answer, that was to go to HS2 under the special hardship scheme, of which I was aware. We were lucky. We had, or my mother had a grandmother, I have a niece, who is a solicitor, and she very kindly handled the form for us, some 30-odd pages, incidentally, which that was, you have to fill in for the hardship? Absolutely. Wow, OK. It, it's, a, it's, it's a book, in effect. And the, well, various media got hold of the story, and I have to say that whilst on the one hand we were going through the hardship scheme, which involved then placing the house on the open market through an agent uh, to see how things went, that was a completely nil exercise because in the village houses are not selling on the open market because people don't want to live near a railway or just to make it absolutely plain to everyone it's not just a case of a railway as built but the horrendous engineering works which interfere with your time and life for probably as long as a couple of years so that uh, who would choose to go and live next to, next to that anyway the press the television, the radio, the media in general were excellent and they gave a lot of publicity to the case. My mother's MP, actually to Western, is just in Buckinghamshire, although it's only about a mile from Brackley, which is North Hans, and its postal address, funnily enough, is North Hans, but the village is in Buckinghamshire. The MP for Buckingham, John Burko, spoke on her behalf on the BBC News and all in all wrote to the Secretary of State. A lot of pressure was put on them, and I think that coupled with the fact that no one was rushing forward to buy it through the agent, and the very fact that, um, shall we say, my mother was obviously not going to be a good advert if they let her down, prompted them, in fairness, to say that they would accept her on the scheme, and we then had to choose from a list of agents they suggested for valuation purposes one they chose another one we had to go out to the house of course on both occasions and then they differed by more than 10 percent so a third one had to be brought in to bring in some form of average yet another trip to the house then there were numerous inspections of the house each time you had to go over and go through things with them And finally, they agreed that they would uh, make an offer, which was satisfactory. You're happy with that? Yeah, not knocking them on the price. And whether you really get, in theory, I think, the uh, pre-problem prices, well, I don't think those are possible to calculate, quite frankly. How is your mother now? Has she been able to put this whole thing behind her and move on? 
she mutters about the railway whenever it's mentioned on the television. She can, <laughs> she watches inverted commas television with her ears because she can't see it. Mm. Um, she hears the radio, and every time it comes up, she does remark how lucky she was to have got it done. So she has put it behind her. I think that's a fair comment, and she, I think, is secure financially now for the anticipated. Uh, I don't know, if you're 98, you're not going to live forever, are you? But uh, if she lived for 2020, another 120, you know, to be 120, I think she'd run out of cash. But all being well, she's home and dry, in a nutshell. And she knows she's home and dry, and she is thankful well, that she's good. home and dry. Well, that's good. Mike, listen, we have to move on, but thank you very much. I appreciate your time. That's Mike Harpatar speaking uh, about his mum, whose house was valued at zero pounds. Nil. Wow. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Call oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. So the front page of the Sun is a racist chair. I didn't know a chair could be racist, and I'm not. Con- I'm not convinced this chair is racist. If you've seen it. You know, whether you, you buy the sun or you've seen it in a petrol station or in news agents, you can't miss it. It's a, it's a black lady um, in, I'm going to use a, uh, a word, that uh, bondage gear, basically. She's lying on her back, uh, a model of, of course. She's lying on her back with her legs tied onto her chest with her feet up in the air uh, and is fashioned into the shape of a chair. And there's the girlfriend of a Russian billionaire sat on her. Is that racist? Sexist? Yeah. Unpleasant? Yeah. Bad taste? Definitely. Racist? I'm not sure about that. But then again, you know, I'm a white middle-class bloke. I'm not feeling any white middle-class guilt around it, necessarily. 08459 455 555. What do you make of it? Or maybe, maybe, you just think, oh, it's a bit of fun. Oh, it's a little bit of fun. Come on, you killjoys, you blooming lefties. What's wrong with that? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give a score. I never thought I'd be doing a, a, a phone-in about a racist chair. Roman Abramovich's partner, Dasha Zukova, has apologised after a racist photo of her posing on a chair shaped like a half-naked black woman was published on Martin Luther King Day. Uh, stretching it a bit, I think, really. Fe- stretching it a bit, Catherine? I think, yeah. It's always going to be a day. You know, there's always going to be a day going on. Would it on. be any better the day after? No, it's still horrible. The day, It was published the day after Martin Luther King Day. It was published three days before Martin Luther King... It, you know, it's, it's, it's still... Art lover Dasha, 32, said the picture posted online by a Russian fashion blog had been taken out of context. She said, I regret allowing an artwork with such charged meaning to be used. Art, well, yeah, no, artwork, that's the thing. 08459 455 555. Have a look at the picture and give us a call with your thoughts. It's 7.15, it's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Biggleswade, London Road is closed around Home Court Avenue after an accident. Thanks to Tim for phoning in with the information on that. 
And the M25 anti-clockwise reports of an accident just before the Holmesdale Tunnel around Junction 25 for Enfield. Queues going back to 26 for Waltham Abbey at the moment. Uh, clockwise, we've got reports of another accident around Junction 23 for the A1M. And on the A1M itself, southbound is heavy between Junction 3 for St Albans and 2 for Wellham Green. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. It's coming up to 7.16. It's Wednesday, the 22nd of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Supreme Court will be making the final ruling about HS2 through Buckinghamshire today. Police in Luton have begun a crackdown on burglary by advising people how to prevent break-ins. Lock your doors. In football, the MK Dons lost their league match against Crewe last night by two goals to nil. The weather, rain, gradually edging away this morning with sunny spells and showers to follow. Coming up, if your house is burgled, is it your fault? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tomorrow afternoon, I'll be live at the end of an era. Today, the 10th of July, 1963, I declare this town hall open. Bedford's town hall is due to be demolished from Monday. The council have approved plans for major redevelopments across the town centre. I'll be one of the last people in there before it's taken apart brick by brick. I don't see concrete tower blocks as being an attractive addition to Bedford. I'll bring you the history, why it's happening and what the future holds for the site. Personally, I think any adventure which is going to bring football into town is a good thing. Listen from three tomorrow afternoon as I'm live from Bedford Town Hall. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire police have been out talking to people in Luton about ways they can avoid becoming burglary victims. Operation Vision saw the whole of the local policing team visiting residents in the Biscot area, offering security advice and invisible marking. Similar initiatives have been going on in Hertfordshire and Milton Keynes, which would suggest that maybe it gets results. We can ask Chief Inspector Jerry MacDonald from Hearts Police. Morning, Jerry. Morning. Now, you tried something like this in October. Yours had the much butcher-sounding name, Operation Stomp. Yes, to stomp it out, to get rid of things. I see. What happened? How did it go? Still running, very successful. It's now part of daily business for me and my teams. Uh, We work with local people on a regular basis, virtually every, every day, looking at opportunities to reduce burglaries, informing them on security measures, but also helping them you know, deter burglars. So visionary clues to burglars about a house being vacant or um, or vulnerable is dealt with by local local cops, but also students from local colleges and sixth forms helping the local community to tidy up gardens, install CCTV cameras, secure the property, get pop, get, you know, get other um, neighbours on walls. Tidy up gardens? What does that do? Uh, visual deterrent. It makes what? makes sure that people don't look vulnerable, especially elderly people. So do dirty gardens look vulnerable? It it can do. Oh. Uh, feedback is, is shown from the front. You know, if if, it, if you look, if a house looks like a vulnerable elderly person's address, they normally get targeted. So what we've been doing is is doing that, doing exactly what we just said. Can uh, you get some students to come and do my garden, please? 
If you live in East Derbyshire, certainly. Yeah, well, let's, let's, uh, let's talk. Let's make, let's make it happen. So what, what is, the, is the advice then? Lock your doors and windows? Uh, and, and just be careful, but look out for others. You know, uh, Operation Stomp has been so, so successful that if you see a, somebody knocking on the door, an elderly person's address, and, you know, the, the neighbours keep an eye out for them, they will call us, or they themselves will pop in and say, hello, you're right. And that makes a big hang on, difference. Hang on, Jared. No, no one calls the police because they see someone knocking on an elderly person's door. And if, no, if we did call the police, I'd, we'd get short shrift for wasting their time. No, but, but if you walked up to the elderly person's door and said, are you all right, Mr Smith? But then supposing somebody sees me doing that and then they go and knock on the door and it's a long chain of people knocking on the door and Mr Smith's going, oh, for goodness sakes, get lost. No, it's been really successful for us. Really successful. We had, uh, I'll give you an example, we had about, about three weeks ago around Christmas, we had a elderly person, um, an attempted burglary of the elderly person's address. While the suspect was de- there, the neighbour noticed that uh, uh, somebody who was out of the area had come there. You really realised that this time of day, the elderly person didn't get called us, so knocked on the door, and the suspect made off. Somebody else had seen them, called us, bloke was pursued and arrested and charged. So it's a great success. It works. It sounds like common sense, a lot of these things, though. Why are the police, um, I, I don't want to say wasting their time, investing so much time in, in telling p- people things that they should know already? It, it, like you just said, it's common sense. It's working together with people. We, in Harpertshire, to get our ideas from local people. You know, like I said, we don't, we don't do this ourselves. We get local college students. We get oh. six farmers to help How us. do you know that you can trust these students? Uh, we work with them, we vet them, we, we, we go forward as part of the courses they're on. You know, kids who want to go to university need points for their university applications. So voluntary work is one of the ob- objectives available to them. And that, they're, all, they're all vetted, are they, and CRB checked and all of the checks they that are needed? With us, yeah. How they work with the, with the schools. It's like you're working in a shop. You, if you're working in Isabel Hospice or another charity shop in Harpertshire, you know, the, the kids go out and help and do that. As part of that process, it's been so successful. We do about five or six gardens every week. Uh, or we, we, we I'm re- you know, with the greatest respect, I'm really confused as to why the police. And I, I know what you're saying about if, if there's an untidy garden, it might invite you know criminals. But why are the police bothering with ti- helping tidy up people's gardens, or, or the police getting students to tidy up people's gardens? Why aren't they? I don't know. You know. Solving crimes and stuff. We are solving crimes. But, but why are you wasting your time with people's gardens? It seems an odd thing to do. Well, if you've got an elderly resident who never goes out of their garden, has, has no contact with, 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 with the outside world, who is not even, you know, they fear youngsters, we try and bring the... You send some youngsters together. around there? It is, yeah. And it works very well. It's amazing how they interact so well. And some of our key messages we try to get to the elderly people about crime reduction... We do it through the schools. So we tell the grandchildren, tell their grandparents. Very impactive. It makes it happen. If people are getting burgled because they've left the doors unlocked or they've left the windows open or they've left their car keys on their, the, the windowsill, it's their fault, isn't it? No, it's not. You know, we, we're just trying to help people. My role is crime reduction. My primary role is reducing crime and catching Well, exactly, criminals. exactly. But if people are, are, are not following common sense and are leaving, you know, their, their laptop by the front door where it can be seen through the glass or they're leaving, you know, it, it's their fault if they're, if they're not following basic common sense, isn't it? Some people are vulnerable, aren't they? And sometimes people do things like that. Some people go out with their purse showing in their handbag. Well, that's a, that's a stupid thing to do, with the greatest uh, of respect. It is, but it's our job to remind them about vulnerability and help vulnerable people, and that's exactly what I'm doing here.
So you wouldn't say that if I left my um, downstairs window open and an Apple computer on the windowsill within easy reach and it got nicked, that, that you wouldn't say that was my fault? Uh, I would suggest that you need to rethink your security policy. Gerard, thanks very much. Get back to those gardens. There are a few messy ones out there. Gerard McDonald there. Um, from uh, Hearts uh, Police. A chief inspector, no less. 08459 455 555. Is there something in that? If you don't follow basic common sense by locking your front door and uh, if you're away on holiday, getting the neighbour to come and, you know, do the curtains every now and then or, or, or having the lights on a timer or, you know, you don't leave valuables where they can be seen. You don't leave a laptop on the, the, the you know, the, the passenger seat of the car. If you're doing all of those things and you get burgled, burglarised, that's your, that's your fault, isn't it? Isn't it? If you're... I don't know, I'm trying not to use the word stupid. If you're not displaying basic common sense when it comes to security, that's your fault. If you're walking around and your purse is openly on display as you're walking around and it gets pinched, that's your fault, isn't it? Or am I being too harsh? 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Give me a call... Let me know. Maybe you've been the victim of crime and you think maybe I'm being a little bit harsh. Maybe you agree with me. I still can't get over this thing. I couldn't quite understand what the police were doing getting students to tidy up people's gardens. I couldn't quite get my head around that. The police are facing cutbacks, right? Yeah, they've got to save a lot of money. That's right, isn't it, I think? And yet they're wasting their time. They're spending their time encouraging students to go around gardens. Tidy up gardens. I'm struggling a little bit with that one. 08459 455 555. If you can explain that, and also if you've been the victim of crime, was it partly, and be honest here, was it partly your fault? Were you not following basic common sense? Now, listen, if they, if they kick the door down and, um, you know, the, the, you could argue that, that it's just, uh, you know, naughty criminals. But they don't tend to do that. They're chances, aren't they? If they see a window open or if they just try a door, a car door, and it's unlocked, or you've got one of those d- doors with just a Yale lock and nothing else, I can open Yale locks from the outside. All you need, all you need, a bottle of water. I won't tell you any more than that, but I saw, I saw a locksmith do it. When I locked myself out once, I paid £150 for the privilege, cash, for the privilege of some bloke coming round and uh, opening my front door with a plastic bottle. 08459 455 555. If you are the victim of a burglary, was it partly your fault? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC right. Three Counties Headphones Radio. on. Let's saddle up these horses. I'm not referring to you as horses. I'm a bit. Yesterday, we uh, launched the swear box for the breakfast crew. Myself, uh, in, descent, in descending order of importance, myself and the other three. <gasps> Catherine Kelly and Justin. Uh, very potty mouths. Uh, yesterday, Justin, well, he, fi- he fired a few blinders. I think he got th- four swears in about... He didn't even notice. No, in about f- he, do- he was doing the same thing this morning. He would do it. I'd go 50p. Another 50p. Another 50p. He fired a off a few. Very scattergun. Now, uh, it, it carried on throughout the day. Justin claims he didn't know that. He knew that. We told him the facts. Mm. We told him the deets. Um, Kelly, you're claiming you did no swears yesterday. I did, I, I did one, and that was in a text to you for banter. 
Mm, to see. be fair, she barely spoke at work. Yeah. And you did feel odd, didn't you? Yeah. She said you felt I tense. F- yeah. Felt uncomfortable and like I couldn't be myself. Yeah. Wowzers. Saying something, isn't it? it? It is saying something. Well, Catherine has been tallying up the scores. We'll give the scores. We'll do the scores after the news, OK? Because I, I want to make sure you've tallied them up correctly. Well, I feel like Jim Bowen. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> Count these out for you. It's exciting, isn't it? It's exciting. But let's just say the um, action against Tourette's... They're going to make a few quid out of us yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was an expensive, expensive day. We'll get the we'll get the uh, the update after the news at half past seven. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to take part in today's show. Also taking your calls on the racist chair. Go and look at the front page of the Sun. Is it racist or is it art? It's not art. It's just a really ugly chair. I think Kelly Betts was that fifty pence, Kelly. Was that 50 pence? Does it count if no one heard? Yeah, 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 it counts. That's 50 pence. (laughs) You see? Fantastic. 08459 455 555. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had calls in reporting quite a few accidents on the M25 this morning. Anti-clockwise, there's an accident before the Holmesdale Tunnel around Junction 25 for Enfield. Queues going back to 26 for Waltham Abbey. It's really struggling on the speed sensors there. We've had another report of an accident clockwise between 24 for Potter's Bar and 25 for Enfield. And also another one around Junction 23 for the A1M. There is a lot of surface water out there, so that may be having an effect. And in Biggleswade, London Road is closed around Homecourt Avenue after an accident. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. If you get burgled, it's your own fault. What do you think? 08459 455 555. It's coming up to 7.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest news and sport now with Jane Killick. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Jane Killick. The latest ruling on legal challenges brought against the government's controversial HS2 rail scheme will be announced today. The Supreme Court will hand down its verdict on an appeal brought by campaigners against the route through Buckinghamshire. A major diplomatic effort to end the three-year civil war in Syria is beginning today in Switzerland. An international conference will bring together delegations representing President Assad's government and part of the Syrian opposition. A police campaign is underway in Luton to crack down on burglary. Officers have been visiting people in the Biscot area to give them advice on making their homes more secure. The weather, cloudy with rain this morning, some sunny spells and showers this afternoon and a high of 8 Celsius. On to sport and in football. In League One, Milton Keynes Dons are now eight points adrift of the playoff places after losing 2-0 away at Crewe last night. The Dons missed a chance to level when Sean Williams' penalty was saved. Dons manager Carl Robinson wants to rebuild from their defeat. I think because it matters to us, we're trying to get back in the game so quick rather than being calculated on how we're getting back in the game. I feel, listen, the fans are great tonight. You've got to apologise to them coming down here and us not getting the win for them. But like I say, it's, it's disappointing for us all. And But there's was, there was certainly an awful lot, lot of things in that that I know we can put right. Manchester City are into the final of the League Cup after a 3-1 win against West Ham at Upton Park. Luton's lead at the top of the conference is down to just one point. Second-placed Cambridge won 1-0 away to struggling Tamworth, leaving them a point behind Luton with one game in hand. 
Watford have confirmed that Gabriel Angela's red card against Bournemouth at the weekend has been transferred to his defensive teammate Fitzhall. Angela was sent off for a foul Hall committed and the club appealed. It means that Hall is now suspended for the FA Cup fourth round tie at Manchester City on Saturday. And Milton Keynes Olympic long jump champion Greg Rutherford has been forced to to delay the start of his 2014 season through injury. The 27-year-old has pulled out of the Glasgow International match on Saturday after suffering a minor injury during training. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at 8. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm confused by this racist chair. I'm using that phrase just because it's easy. I'm not convinced it is racist. Uh, and it is based, if you go to uh, page uh, five, it's based on a 60s chair. I mean, it's the exact same thing. The 60s chair is a white woman. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I don't... I, a, a fuss about not very much? Possibly? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Steve's in Luton. Morning, Steve. Morning. What can I do for you? Just one of my little questions. Oh, gosh. Yeah? <laughs> Would we have been better off if we'd have lost the Second World War? No. Against Next Germany. question. Well, well what you say no? Why'd you, no? Nobody really knows, do we? We can only think about the question. You can only... You can what, if we, what, if we'd it, lost the Second World War and we'd been overrun by fascists... Yeah. Would we be well, better well, off? Bit, yeah. Well, the Jewish community wouldn't, would it? But... Probably not, but right. then we, we don't know, do we? I mean, well, we, the, we pretty the, much the do that the Nazis. We, I think we know, Steve, the Nazis didn't like Jews. I think we know that. <laughs> yeah. That's very true, yeah, that's very true. What about the handicapped people? How would they be better off? They wouldn't, they'd have been executed as well. Yeah, you, you, you're having a stronger society, aren't you? <clears throat> if we had no the, que- listen, listen, it's just a question. Okay, well, what you, I, you what said I, something. What I think is what I think, but I'm just yeah. saying. It's you, a thinking you, question. You, you just said that. something very okay. Let's well, let's let's have a little think game, shall we? You said <laughs> we'd have a stronger society without Jews and handicapped people. Well, you'd, you'd clear out the dead wood. You wouldn't have so much as a doll queue. You wouldn't have lazy people around, would you? You'd be made to work. You'd have, you know, you'd have proper standards. That's what I'm looking at. Not as in not as in doing anything to actually people physically, right. but you put standards in place. So the Jews the and disabled no, people are I'm not, lazy. No, I've never said that. I've, no. never, I've never said that. I'm talking about getting people up to a motivated. Motivated. The, 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 fair play. The Nazis were excellent at motivating people. You can't deny that. But they did hate Jews. They did hate disabled people. They they we wouldn't have them in this country, Steve. And I I would say that would be um, a negative impact on Britain. So you'd rather you'd rather the whole country swarm with mass immigration? I mean, that wasn't the option. That wasn't the option I was putting to you. Hold on, third world people coming to this country, undermining our way of life, which has happened now. Right. So that wasn't the option I put way, to you. That wasn't the well, point I was addressing. I'd like that's, you to... That's what, I, that's what, okay. I'm, that's what okay. I'm saying, but I'm asking the question. I would like you to address the point about the Jews and about the handicapped people. Well, maybe, in a horrible way, it's probably not a bad thing. Well, no, in, 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 in every way, it is a terrible, terrible thing. So you're saying that my, my mum should be executed no, by Nazis? No, I'm not saying... I'm, not, I'm, talking about their, I'm talking about their way of life, not actually what they've physically done and what they actually, what they actually sort of stand for in a, in, without killing people. 
Okay, so, okay. I, I don't right, think it's it, possible, Steve, to have a conversation about the Nazis no, without... I was just asking the question. That's no, I don't. I'm, I'm just having a discussion, and I hope you see it like that. But I think it's almost impossible to have a conversation about the Nazis of World War Two without yeah. acknowledging the fact that they did kill quite a few people well, yeah, who didn't meet did, their standards. Yeah. So did we, so did the Russians. Well, we, we, a lot of our people died, you know. Yeah, but we didn't, we didn't uh, murder um, a significant number of Jewish people. We didn't murder a significant number of homosexuals, a significant number of disabled people. We didn't well, do that. 20,000 20, years, I think, before, 20,000 odd years ago, we, we did, we did sort of rob the Jews and then send them back home. We took their money 20, off 20,000 years ago. No, hold on, that's why we took the star, that's why Hitler took the star, because we had the star on the Jews 20,000 years ago. And he 20,000 years ago. Yeah, well, well, anyway, it's a long time away. It was a long time away, Steve. But anyway, it's just an asking a question. As you like my questions, I thought I'd ask you one. Uh, Steve, I appreciate that. You listening to the show this morning? No, because me radio don't work in the in the van. Thank you very much indeed. He's asked a question, and uh, which is an interesting question. Would we have been better off if we'd have lost World War Two? Then pretty much every single word that came out of his mouth after that was nonsense, wasn't it? And you can't... I don't even know why I'm carrying on this. You can't talk about the Nazis of World War II without addressing the fact that they killed millions of people. And not killed them in um, just in a war setting, you know, in battle, but killed them because they didn't meet their standards. Uh, what we need what we need to lighten the mood a little bit after that is our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, reciting the words from a Chaz and Dave song. Now, there's a word I don't understand... I hear it every day from my old man. It may be Cockney rhyming slang, but it ain't in no school book. He says it every time that he gets mad. A regular caution is my old dad. Rub the old man up the wrong way. Bet your life you'll hear him say, Gertcher. Cow son, Gertcher. Gertcher. When the kids are swinging at the gate, Gertcher. When the paper boy's half an hour late, Gertcher. When the pigeons are pecking at his seed, Gertcher. When the farmer starts digging up his weeds, Gertcher. Gertcher, cow son, Gertcher. Barstool preaching, that's the old man's game. Across beds, hearts and bucks. Well, this is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I... I received a text last night asking if I'd like him to do that. I said, sure, why not? And he did it. Well, that was weird. Wasn't it? Yeah, I feel slightly violated as well. (sighs) What was that? Was he trying to be... Sexy or actory, <laughs> what's that voice he's doing? Well, since he went for an acting audition the other day, <laughs> he's got a little bit pretentious, hasn't he? Hasn't he? Maybe a tad. Sort your hair out, Catherine. <laughs> You've got um, bedhead, not the good bedhead. The other bedhead. Yeah. Oh, wait, 459, four, <laughs> four, four, five. Sorry? They should make more hair-friendly headphones. They should do that. Have we got any calls or any content? Or yeah. should I just do the front pages? We I have. The front pages? We have. Don't tell me it's that call that, we, that Kelly's taking now, is it? <laughs> it is. I'll do the front pages. Right, let's have a look at the front pages. The Daily Telegraph. Lottery of NHS drugs punishes the dying. The dying are being punished! Oh, hang on a second. Who's this? Who have we got? No, OK. The di- dying are being punished. Thousands of patients denied life-extending treatments approved by Health Watchdog. 
Um, bless me, Father, I have tweeted a right stinker. Churchgoers have been warned to beware the temptations of social media in their desire to be liked. Hey, there's a cracking story on the front page of the Express. New way to beat agony of migraine. I suffer from migraine. It's awful. It's awful. NHS Gadget ends pain for millions. The agony of migraine headaches can be relieved at the press of a button by a breakthrough treatment available on the NHS from today. In trials of the handheld box, which sends magnetic impulses through the brain, sufferers reported their symptoms had vanished, in some cases for the first time in decades. I tried this. I tried this last year. I had it for six months. It did, it did, it did absolutely nothing for me whatsoever. To the point when I had to report to the nurse, how have your head been this month, Mr Lee? Yeah, just as bad. Any, Any improvement? No. Didn't have any impact when you shot your head full of magnets? No. Didn't, didn't do Ah. I think we'll probably end your trial now. Oh, right, I see, right, OK. Walter's on a road. Good morning, Walter. Good morning. What What you got for us? Um, we were just uh, listening to your re-incitement of Chas and Dave and Gertrude. That was brilliant. That was Paul Scoynes, the BBC Three Counties Radio political reporter of all people. <laughs> We want some more of that. What, uh, really? <laughs> Honestly. Why do you want more of it? <laughs> That's kind of pitches on the way it works. So, OK, you want the, what, the same song or you want different songs? Oh, let's have another song by Chaz and Dave. All right, OK. Well, listen, I think, bizarrely, am I right? Have we got Chaz on the show later on? Fingers crossed, he F- picks up. Fingers crossed. We'll either have Chaz, a Chaz impersonator, or a Chaz impersonator's wife. Oh, his wife might come on. Chaz's wife She's. We love his we wife. We love Chaz's wife. Uh, so we'll get Chaz on, and I'll tell you what, Walter, by popular request okay. of you, we'll get Paul Scoynes to record some more Chaz and Dave songs. Oh, brilliant. I particularly yeah. fancy Rabbit. Have you got any requests? Oh, um, let, let's pick a hard one. No pleasing you. Oh, OK, sir, it's done. Let's get Scoins. <laughs> let's get Scoins on and we'll do it. Walter, thank you very much indeed. There's a, there's a feature that will fill 54 seconds every single day of the week. The front page of The Independent. NHS staff morale falls to new low after coalition bashing. But hang on, what's this in the bottom right-hand corner? A third of young men still live with their parents. Record numbers of men are spending the first decade of adulthood living with their parents as the harsh economic climate pushes independence out of reach. A third of men aged 20 to 34, a third, live in the parental home, according to the Office for National Statistics. Overall, a quarter of young adults are stuck with their families, uh, up 38% in a decade. Flipping heck. The Times has a picture of a young horse. A foal, I think they call them these days. May takes on Cameron in fight over stop and search. This is a different story. Uh, Theresa May, Theresa May, Theresa May is in a standoff with Downing Street over stop and search powers used by police. The Home Secretary wanted to announce sweeping curbs of the controversial tactic before Christmas, but has been blocked by number 10. Whoop de doo. The Guardian. China's offshore secrets revealed. Boring! Leaked documents show countries elite using firms based in British Virgin. Boring islands! There's a picture of a lady with uh, a fascinator on her head. And I'm only saying that because I now know what fascinator means. Didn't know that for a long, long time. Drax protest convictions quashed over police spying. 
Let's go to the mail. The mail's going to have something good. Oh, no. Work in a coffee shop, Minister tells Jobless. Young people must be prepared to lower their ambitions and take jobs in coffee shops. If they want to get on in life, the Employment Minister has said. Uh, do you know what? It's very rarely I agree with Esther McVeigh, but I'm agreeing with Esther McVeigh. And it's not just because she's showing a little bit of leg in one of the newspapers. It's not just because of that. Oh, please. Hey, what? Come on. Come on. She has a mind. She's working it. She's working it. She knows what works, and it's, it's a little bit of leg. Something I've noticed. Hello. You don't get many of the male MPs going on reality TV shows to try to get more appeal, do you? Exactly. They? That's because men are better than women. I don't really think Because the game that. is bent. Where is it? I don't think you can say that about any specific MPs. I can say about the game. Where's the picture of Esther McVeigh? Probably her, under your pillow. <laughs> and her legs. They're in there somewhere. Anyway, I kind of agree with her. If you're young and you come out of college or something, go and work in a coffee shop. Saying that, I did sign on for quite a long time, but that's different. I was a different case. I was an artist. I was sensitive. Oh, but you should go and do that, shouldn't you? I think I kind of agree with that. Generation of men still living with their parents. And love you, Mum, I promise I won't die. Parting words of perfect son, 16, to anxious mother, hours before he took fatal ecstasy pill at party. The grieving mother of a teenage ecstasy victim told yesterday of the heartbreaking final promise he made to her. Daniel Spargo Mabs told his devoted Christian parents he was going to a party after school and assured his anxious mother as he left, I love you, Mum, I promise I won't die. Well, isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's been an odd show today. Racist chairs. Would we have been better if we'd lost World War Two? And if you get burgled, well, it's partly your fault, isn't it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's coming up to a quarter to eight on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Biggleswade, London Road is closed around Home Court Avenue after an accident. Looking on the speed sensors, the A1 southbound approaching the Black Cat roundabout has long delays on the approach. And the M1 southbound heavy going between junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow moving between 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. On public transport, there's no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. It's uh, Wednesday the 22nd of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Supreme Court will be making the final ruling about HS2 through Buckinghamshire today. Talks between the Syrian government and opposition forces will attempt to stop the three-year-old civil war today. In football, the MK Dons lost their league match against Crewe last night by two goals to nil. Coming up, we'll be talking burglary and you're taking your calls. But before that, here's the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, we had a heavy band of rain move eastwards through the early hours of this morning. It's left, left a lot of water on uh, the larger roads, motorways, for example. Lots of spray um, this morning, so watch out for that. Has moved away, though, eastwards, just about departing the far eastern side. Uh, so we are getting some cloud around this morning, first thing. Maybe one or two mist and fog patches, but it will become drier and brighter, a little less damp uh, as we head through the course of the morning and into the afternoon. Maximum temperature just 8 Celsius. Now, overnight tonight, one or two isolated showers, but they'll dry out. The clouds will part, we'll get some clear spells. That's going to allow the temperature to drop down into single figures. The more prone spots, more rural spots may actually drop down to around zero. So we could get a sparkle or two of frost first thing tomorrow morning. 
a dry start tomorrow if a little chilly but it's not going to last we've got a band of rain moving towards us through Thursday morning some heavy pulses on that also a rumble or two of thunder mixed in but tomorrow afternoon looking dry and sunny cooler though with a maximum of just seven celsius that's your forecast Oh, I've, I've muffed up the, the computer here and I've got rid of... Oh, sorry, technical thing. Should be doing this off air. I've got my little boxes, Ian Lee, Ian Lee 1, Ian... I've got rid of Ian Lee 1. Replace, I've replaced it with Ian Lee 10. That's the most important one, isn't it? Yeah, that is the most important. Well, uh, oh. Uh, oh, no, no I, I never had an Ian Lee 1. But I've got an Ian Lee 10. Should be doing this off air. How do I get rid of that? Uh, dear Lee... You can replace it. How? You can drag the singing nun, which is like what I'm, I'm guessing you're trying to put on your... No. No, not yet, it's not. I'm no. just trying to get it for him. You're working really well. If you've got a problem with a company, a council or an organisation... Get this roofing company round, see if they can fix the problem, and I'll pay the bill. He said, yeah, I did say that. The JVS Show fights for your rights. This conversation went round and round and round. And tackles your consumer problems. So, Roy, the question is, has he paid the bill? Yes, and he was standing there and he handed me an envelope. So I just opened the envelope and I looked in if you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. Are you happy? Yes, I'm quite happy. I will give him my fanfare, my horn, and any other problems, Roy, you know where I am. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, BBC Three Counties Radio. Can you do it? I'm trying. Okay. How do you rename it? I thought, I don't know, I thought you'd know that. You can't just drag it. Should be doing this off here. Let's have the swearing tally, shall Let's. we, Catherine? Put some headies on, uh, Kels. You, you might know wanna... what I could really do with some sort of chart rundown music? Or, oh, uh... hang on a minute. I can find some chart rundown music. I've got some here. Uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't work. Drag, oh. drag it down onto something. Oh, OK, hang on a second. Should be doing this off air, really? Yeah, should be doing it off air. Here we go. Let's try this. Right. Coming in from the rear. Oh, dear. She hadn't done anything at all. No movement yesterday, yeah. no speech yesterday. Yeah. Kelly Betts, with two swears, now owes the swear box one English pound. A surprise runner and rider, Ian Lee. He's challenging me for second place. Oh. We're joint second at the moment, oh. holding with seven swears oh. apiece. Wow, it is. Now, considering you'd been a limited swearer this yep. time yesterday, yep. unfortunately, a series of technical errors... In my life. At various companies means that you're at seven. We now both owe £3.50. Certains jours, un hérétique par des ronces le con... Tearing away <laughs> to number one position. <laughs> Was there ever any doubt? The biggest swearer of them all, Justin Dealey, with 22. <laughs> That's over three times as much. £11, Justin well, Dealey owes. We, we, he's pretty much going to cure Tourette's single-handedly. <laughs> It's a good song, Kelly. There we go, you see. Right, you try and fix the computer while I talk to Ramesh in Luton. Good morning, Ramesh. Hello, good morning. Don't, don't ignore... I've got the technical team in here yeah. fiddling about with my keyboard, trying to fix the computer. Ignore them, Ramesh, if we can. OK, mate. What would you like to say? I like that. Uh, you know, you're talking about the, the breaks in uh, biscuit area. Yes, I am. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I said to the young lady, I said, you don't have to break in, then you can still do the job. Oh. La, la, you, you don't have to break into the house. You can still do the job. Last Saturday, I went down Buddy Park Road. Yeah. And I saw two Romanians with the Puche, yeah? Yeah. You know, people leave the charity bags in the door, you know, unwanted items and all that. Yeah. Both of them, they're picking them up from 
the house he did, and they're laughing and joking and they're walking away. So, hang on, where were these items? Just outside the house? Outside the house. So, yeah. the, the people didn't want them? Yeah, you know, the, you know, you leave the um, bags in there, you know, unwanted. Rubbish? Yeah, uh, no, no rubbish. Oh, the charity bag? Yeah, charity bag. Oh, okay. So, someone yeah. had left a charity bag outside yeah, the house, there. and these young gentlemen were stealing those things? No, two ladies, young ladies. Lady. Romanian, yeah, they're laughing and joking. And How do you know they were Romanians? I, I, I can tell them, you know, by their colour. They, they're Indian, originally Indian GFC gone there years ago. So you can you could tell that because how would you them. Ramesh, what's your ethnic background? Uh Indian. Okay. How would you feel mm-hmm. if someone said, Oh, I saw some Indian fella stealing or I saw some Pakistani fella. So how can you tell? Well, he was brown. No, I can tell them by looking at them. So okay. I I went mad, you know I But how mad. would you feel if someone said, saw you and said, Oh, this is the, the, the Ramesh, the the Pakistani fella? Mm? Yeah. How would you feel if someone made... Well, I will feel bad there. I mean, I, I mean, if somebody's doing it, you know, whoever this is, you know, I mean, that's the fact. If Pakistan is doing it or Indian is doing it, you can mention there, you know, uh, that's fine. Yes, we're missing the point slightly. OK. But um, if these things weren't wanted and perhaps these people... They're charity bags there. They're, they're picking well, them away. it's a little bit silly, isn't it? To, I, I don't approve of these charity yeah. bags being yeah, left I, outside. What is I, I don't approve of these charity bags being left outside. No, 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 the trouble is, you know, they leave the bags there in your doors, you know? they said, oh, we will collect them so-and-so day, yeah? so-and-so day. They're supposed to be picked up by the charity. Yes. But these remaining, they were picking them up for their own use. Uh, you're, they're, but they're silly, aren't they, for leaving charity things on their doorstep? Where would they leave them? Well, they should take them to the charity no, shop. No, 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 if, if they leave the bags there, you know, leave the bags there, they said, oh, we will collect them Friday or Wednesday. And people do them. I mean, we do that as well. But I always think, it annoys me, Ramesh, I'm glad you mentioned this, mm-hmm. when people leave yeah. uh, charity things on their doorstep, or even worse, here's the bigger crime, Ramesh. Mm-hmm. You go to a charity shop and you leave the items outside the charity shop. Well, Isn't that e- awful? E- even if you leave them outside the charity shop... Shameful. They, they still do it. Yeah, I know they do it. You shouldn't leave stuff outside a charity shop. Go when the shop's open. You're, you're creating a nuisance and making a mess. No, no, you you got to tell the public then. you got to, you know, tell them why... The, the, why Ramesh, you, you tell them. You, you be, this is BBC <laughs> Three Counties Radio. You tell them, Ramesh, away you go. No, no, that's bad. They, you know, I mean, they shouldn't do it. There we go. Good message. Good point well made. Have you sorted it, Kels? Yes. Nice one. Thank you. It does annoy me. Leave it. You go to a charity shop. Oh, it's shut. Oh, it's shut. Oh, no. I can't be bothered to put this back in the car. I'll just leave it here. I hate it when people do that because you know that stuff's never going to be there. And in the morning, some poor volunteer is going to rock up and there's going to be a load of rubbish all over the floor with the best stuff has gone. I hate that. And also, we're talking about common sense. Common sense, OK? Common sense would dictate, do not leave a bag of things, clothes, DVDs, on your doorstep. Hang on a minute. That's the whole point of these collections. They come round in a van and then collect it. Yeah. So they say we're going to be Tuesday. Yeah. That's standard procedure. You put it on your doorstep. You might as well put a sign on your doorstep saying, hello, I'm not in, so you can take all this stuff. And if you want to come into my house and take stuff, you can do that as well. To be honest, I'm glad if anyone picks it up, because the number of times I've collected things together for a good purge and no one's come for it at all, and then I've rung the company or the uh, charity and they've said, oh... One of my favourite things when I lived in London was to leave bits of furniture and knick-knacks on the street outside my front gate and then watch from the window as people would come and take them. I used to love doing that. 
It's like feeding the birds. It was. You'd, you'd have a little go, well, oh, don't, don't need this, this uh, bedside cabinet anymore. Just put it outside and see who, who has it. Did you put a note on it saying, take me home or something? No, just, just left it out there and it'll go. Oh, so you were a Onslow-type neighbour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mattress, <laughs> sofa, fridge. Uh, no, the sofa, I got rid of a sofa. Um, I put it on FreeCycle, I think. Right. One of those websites. I think it was FreeCycle. One of those websites. Got a sofa. If you can come and collect it, you can have it. And this um, uh, couple turned up with a van and they took it. And uh, the next day I got a text from a friend of mine saying, I'm sat on your old sofa. <laughs> saying, How do, and this person had never been to my house. How do you know you're sat on my old sofa? Well, I'm at a, a, a rave uh, and I'm in a tent in a field and there's a blue plaque on it. <laughs> and this person had been collecting sofas for like the chill out room. And they put a plaque on um, mine saying that I don't Ian it. Lee's sofa. Ian Lee's sofa. I tried to give away a telly once, perfectly good telly, but the remote control had a button that was a bit sticky on it. Yeah. The charity I phoned wouldn't take it. Uh, it was a remote control. Uh, I said, you know you can buy a universal remote control? No. I, I um, gave away on FreeCycle. I put up two separate things. A small colour portable television and a commode. And the same lady got you in touch... don't tu- need that anymore. Don't, I don't need it anymore. The same lady got in touch... Uh, oh, Justin, I didn't know we were doing you, Just. Yeah, morning, boss. Well, right. We might have to do you in a minute. Yeah, it's fine. I, I'll tell you this story, OK? Yeah, go on. Um, so I, I put on a small colour tele- portable television and a commode, OK? Didn't need them. And this woman got in touch, so I have both. OK, oh, fine. a combo. Well, exactly, mm-hmm. it works. And she turned up, this old woman, you'll know the sort, Just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Mm. This old woman, would have made a good Vox. <laughs> this old woman turned up, right, and, uh, she said, and the commode's a big chair and a, and a telly. And I said, right, where's, where's your car? Oh, I've got the bus. <laughs> I said, right, OK, how are you going to... I'll, I'll carry them. I said, there, there is no way you're going to carry a commode <laughs> and a portable television on the bus. It just isn't going to happen. I can barely carry them down the stairs. And she's like, oh, in the, in the end, I end up leaving the, the, the portable TV in a bush. I left it in a bush, wrapped I in a plastic bag so she can one. get it. I've got a great one for tomorrow's show. Go on. The strangest things that you've seen on a bus... We yep. can do that for tomorrow's program. <laughs> what do you think? Well, you can do it. Kels, what were you yes. saying? Why didn't you take it for her? Because she lived miles away. So? She, I lived in... Uh, it was about ten miles. But you had a car. I wasn't good at... No! You you give me away for free. Us. You can't do everything, can you? It's it's free cycle. I, I, was, anno- I was actually really angry with her, because if you're going to... Co- Sorry? You were angry with an old lady who had done a ten-mile trek on a bus to yeah. come and relieve you of your trash. Relieve is the good word. She kind of wasted my time. <gasps> Ian, oh, you're heartless. You would have felt much better about yourself. No, not at all. I put this stuff on FreeCycle because I wanted to get rid of it. I don't, it may not have been, been that gum tree or something. FreeCycle. Anyway, I wanted to get rid of it with the minimum of hassle. The minimum of hassle means you come, you collect, you go. Thank you. Not I put, I wrap a black uh, colour television in uh, a, a bit black bin liner and hide it in a bush for you. That's not what I wanted. Why am I getting dirty looks from everyone? What have I done? I think you did the right thing. You offered it for free. That Thank means, you. That means somebody comes and picks it up from you. Exactly. Mm, Saves your sorry. trip to the dump. Yeah, exactly. But somebody wants it. If they want it, 
They want it for a reason. Imagine, imagine, oh, despicable. Imagine um, collecting a second-hand commode. Yes, exactly. Exactly. How desperate must you be? <laughs> oh, Catherine, well done, Justin. Can we do your thing on the racist chair a little bit later on? Yeah, whatever you want. Thank it. you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. The racist chair. What's that? It's on the front page of the Sun. It's a chair of a contorted, some would say submissive black woman, uh, fashioned into the shape of a chair. Is it racist? I'm not completely convinced is it sexist possibly is it horrible definitely oh eight four five nine four double five five double five justin will speak to you in a bit travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio in Biggleswade, London Road is closed around Home Court Avenue after an accident. And in Brent Cross, the north circular heading eastbound has a lane blocked at the M1 Junction 1 Staples Corner because of a broken down lorry. The M1 southbound struggling between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 anti-clockwise very slow between 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. On public transport, there's no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Hey, you lot, you've been quiet on the phones. Come on, listen, it's a two-way street. I'm working, you're working. 08459 455 555. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, the Supreme Court rules on HS2 today. Diplomatic push to end the civil war in Syria and crackdown on burglary in Luton. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Supreme Court rules on HS2 today. The HS2 Action Alliance brought a challenge against the high-speed rail line through Buckinghamshire after the Court of Appeal ruled against them. They say if today's decision goes against them as well, they'll take it to Europe. Ian McCauley from the HS2 Action Alliance says most people in the country don't want the rail line. It's just frustration that it's, it's such a blindingly uh, obvious situation. This is an energy project that the majority of the people in the country don't want. Representatives of Syria's government and some of the rebels will face each other at a major conference designed to end the country's civil war, which has killed more than 130,000 people. The two sides are joining world powers for the UN-backed talks, which are due to begin at the Swiss resort of Montreux. Diplomats are warning that even the modest steps towards peace may be difficult. A Liberal Democrat from Luton says the Lord Renard affair is turning into a bloody battle. The peer is taking legal action against his party following claims he sexually harassed women members. Linda Jack, who's standing in this year's European elections, says the row is detracting from the real issues. I mean, it really is a mess, I have to say, and actually very sad because we're not focusing on the things that we care about or that the public cares about. Russian police are hunting for a woman they fear may be planning a suicide bomb attack on next month's Winter Olympics in Sochi. Wanted posters have been distributed to staff at hotels across the town and at the airport. There's a new campaign to reduce burglary in Luton. Officers are advising people in the Biscot area over how to reduce opportunities for burglars. Similar campaigns have run in Hertfordshire and Chief Inspector Jerry MacDonald says asking people to look out for their neighbours has really worked, as in one recent case. While the suspect was de- there, the neighbour noticed that uh, uh, somebody who was out of the area had come there. You re- realised that this time of day, the elderly person didn't get called, so knocked on the door. 
and the suspect made off. Somebody else had seen them, called us. The bloke was pursued and arrested and charged. The European Commission is expected to announce today that it's scrapping binding national targets for generating renewable energy. It's planning instead to set a collective goal for the whole of the EU to develop wind and solar power. In football, Milton Keynes Dons lost 2-0 away to Crewe in League One last night. It put some eight points away from the playoff places. And the former world champion Olympic silver medalist Gail Ems is to make a comeback at next month's English National Badminton Championships in Milton Keynes. The Bedford athlete told Three Counties Radio people shouldn't expect too much because she now has two small children to look after. I'm lucky if I get a practice in once a week now, you know, so, and, uh, you know, I get a run with the dog uh, occasionally. Like, if I do three times a week training, that is a good week. And the weather starting off cloudy with some rain, but brightening up with a few showers this afternoon and a high of eight Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. See Three Counties Radio. It's nearly four minutes past eight. I'm kind of feeling in the mood for a prisoners, but I don't know. No, no, we're not feeling that vibe. Wow, wowzers! Since we banned swearing here on the the breakfast show, um, the morale really has uh, has gone downhill. I can't wait till next week. It's gonna be, we're going to be celebrating the magic of the potty mouth. Lots coming up, including the Supreme Court will hand down its judgment on the latest round of legal challenges to HS2. Are the protesters wasting their time? It's pretty much a foregone conclusion, isn't it? Bedfordshire Police are the latest force to announce a burglary cl- crackdown. They've been patrolling the Biscot area of Luton, offering handy security tips. Also, we're asking front page of the sun. Black, the model of a black woman contorted into the position of a chair. Is it racist, is it sexist, or is it just plain ugly? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Now, the latest ruling on legal challenges brought against the government's controversial HS2 rail scheme, which runs through Buckinghamshire, will be announced today. The campaign group HS2 Action Alliance were given leave to appeal to the highest court in the land, the Supremes Court. No, sorry, the Supreme Court, which will this morning hand down its verdict. Well, Sim Harris is from Rail News, which you'll be surprised to hear is a rail industry newspaper. Morning, Sim. Morning, Ian. The this, rail industry. It, it, exactly. It's the, the best. <laughs> uh, the only. Oh, is, is, is it not a competition? No. Nope. Oh, hang no, on a second. Paper. I've, got a, I've got a plan for a project this year, but I'll tell you more Very later good. on. The protesters, <laughs> are, they're, they're clutching at straws, aren't they? Well, I think they probably are. Um, HS2 Action Alliance have been renowned for, frankly, um, saying some very silly things in recent times, uh, unfortunately for them, because if they put forward unconvincing arguments, everybody just laughs and carries on. Um, 
I think the real point here, though, is that the, uh, the, the courts have already said, a judge in a lower court said some time ago, it is not the role of the court to say whether this project should go ahead. It, it, it's policy. It's, it's a governmental, political matter for an elected government. Um, what it is the case, uh, the base of the court to do, is to say whether procedure is being followed, and particularly the somewhat sensitive issue of consultation. So I think at the very most, all we'd get today, even if the the uh, verdict was exactly what HS2 Action Alliance wanted, uh, the alliance would only get, I think, a delay. And that's, that's it. It's, that's it's a delay and more money. That's pretty much what they can get. We spoke to a protester uh, earlier on in the show and he said that he that they'll take it to the european courts but again really it's just more money and longer delays well it is and also it will cost them more money if if they do that i i, I think too it's a little ironic that some of the um the antis as we may call them have been critical that the price has gone up a little bit um, it's gone up because of their activities, uh, partly the delaying tactics, which cost everyone money, that's you and me, the, the taxpayer. Also, of course, they've been adding extra tunnels and so on to, to try to placate the protesters, particularly in the Chilterns. And it's, uh, it's those tunnels which are putting up the price. We heard uh, the last um, point that we heard a couple of weeks ago, I think, was bats. They found some bats somewhere. Oh, that happens quite often. Well, I know, uh, and it, it, it's desperate, isn't it? line to, to Oxford as well. Uh, there, there's a project, uh, as you probably know, I think Three Counties has reported this, you know the reopening of the line between Oxford and Bedford? Of course, yes. And also Chiltern's associated scheme, which will mean trains from Oxford to Marylebone uh, via Aylesbury. Uh, sorry, via Bista. Uh, um, that particular scheme, somewhere along there, there was a tunnel with bats in it. It's been sorted out. It's another of those uh, distractions. But I think that's what HS2 Action Alliance are, are, are looking at. They're looking for distractions. What, what side of the, the, the fence are you on, Sam? Are you, you for or again? My view all along has been I am not wholly for it in its own sake. But I am not sure what else we do, because it, there's no doubt whatever. I've had conversations, not to name drop, but I've had conversations with David Higgins, who's the chief executive of Network Rail, just moving on to HS2 now to take over as executive chairman. And he said that the West Coast main line, in other words, the one that runs from Houston up through uh, Leighton Buzz and Milton Keynes, that way, is full. Worse, it's an old railway. It was not totally modernised because they ran out of money and, frankly, the will to live very nearly when they were doing that project ten years ago. And it is being pounded to bits, he said. He said, we're trashing it. And certainly, how many times in recent months have you reported wires down at, yep. at Watford or wherever um, are causing delays? And that railway is limping along and it cannot cope with the increasingly growing demand. So if we don't do HS2... What do we do? That's the question I, I can't get an answer to. So it's more, because quite often we hear, oh, it's 15 minutes quicker to Birmingham. And, and, and it, it, it's more to it than the, just the speed of the train. It is more to it than that, but the, the small increase to Birmingham is one of the minor advantages. Um, a more significant advantage will be when it gets to Manchester. Instead of taking two hours, which is the best time from London at the moment, it'll come down to an hour and eight minutes. We know that making intercity journeys significantly faster attracts people onto trains and therefore off the roads, and particularly it, it ought to kill off the... the 
really silly traffic of um, air, of short-haul mm. flights from London to Manchester. In, in a, an age when we're concerned about the environment, they don't make a lot of sense. And if a train can do it in just over an hour, I think that's where the business will oh, go. Don't, don't make train journeys shorter. I don't do them very often, but when I do, it's on my own. I don't have the kids with me. I can sit with a book and read for two hours. You can always sit on the circle line. Yeah? <laughs> See, uh, yes, I could possibly do that. It's always nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Sim Harris from the rail industry newspaper, Rail News. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give me a call. Well, going off on a slight tangent. This isn't connected, is it, Catherine? The, the, this, this next call isn't connected, is it? I think it might be. Have a word. OK. Uh, Steve's in Redbourne. Steve, you want to talk about Hitler, do you? Well, um, I was listening to that bloke, you know, about, you know, would this country be better off? That was earlier on, that was Steve who called up saying, would we be better off if we'd lost World War Two? Yeah. I can't believe um, I'm doing this. That, yeah, well, it was bad, isn't it, really? Yeah, but, well... Um, yeah. He, what he should be had a look at, there's a film called Hitler's Unfinished Film. Let him sit and watch that and he'll change his mind away. What, what's Hitler's, uh, what, Hitler's Unfinished Film? Yeah. What's, I, I what, only watched it once and I don't want to watch it no more, to be honest with you. What, what is it? It's um, a film what he was making, and it was um, bits and pieces what was never cut out of it, and uh, out of a film what he was going to make the same, you know, tell people that Jewish people were going somewhere nice. Uh, I've, I've got it up here. Nazi irony, a film unfinished. Um, uh, oh, oh dearie me! Yeah, it looks pretty. Uh, it is. It is horrible. It's, it's a it's deeply affecting, sad sampling of life in Warsaw ghetto and an expose of Nazi audacity. There's, there's one bit on there, Ian, and this man takes a camera into this room. Now there's one little room. Yeah. There's a bed in there, and in the corner there's a table, and there's a woman sitting at the table. And he walked up to the bed, pulled the cover back, and there's this little boy laid there. He lifts his head up, looks at the camera, puts his head back down, and the man covers him back up again. You'll never, ever forget that. Steve, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate that. Steve, who called in earlier, likes to throw little curveballs at us every now and then. Little stink bombs. Even though he's not listening. The the radio in his van doesn't work. He doesn't listen. Uh, I have to mop up the mess he leaves. And he did phone in and say, would we be better off if Hitler had won, the Nazis had won World War II, if we'd lost. And I said, well, some of us may be, but the Jews and the disabled, to name but two parties, wouldn't be. Would that be any great loss? Well, yeah, it probably would. We'd have to execute my mum to start with. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. There we go. Your phone on about Hitler. Uh, yeah, well, uh, what I was going to say was, one of the best things that came out following the Second World War... Teflon was the fact that there was a uh, a lawyer within the Nuremberg trials. Yes. And he said, one of the best things, he said, that one of the things that happened to Germany was it happened because there was good people stood and did nothing. Oh, yes, it's a famous line, isn't it? Famous misquote. very relevant to what's going on today. Sorry? Good people should stand up and say something. About what? About some of the horrors that are now being inflicted on people. Whereabouts? Generally. In, in England or in... Poor people, you... baying mobs, you name it, we've got it. Where are the baying mobs? Well, uh, quite often on air. <laughs> <laughs> quite often on air. Yeah, on, on this show, Peter, thank you very much indeed. Yes, I know, we've got it. Catherine, can we stop those baying mobs coming on the air, please? Stop it! Good, thank you very much indeed. 
08459 555 555. It's an odd show today. Odd things that the racist chair. Would we be better off if Hitler had won World War Two? If you get burgled, is it kind of your fault? It's, it's an odd one. I want to get some more... After my nightmare yesterday with this flipping package, I turned up at my house last night. Sorry we missed you, one of those little cards. We've left your package at number 68. I live at number 68. Phoned up the number on the card. Sorry, sir, we don't know where it is. You going to send me another one? No. Do you know what it was? No, I've worked out it's an Xbox One that I'm being sent. But uh, I'm furious. I've got a phone in. Go on. Luxury problems, call me now. Here we go, 08459 455 555. You had another phone in as well, but I wasn't listening to you. What was it? Stuff you've tried to give away. Call me now, 08459 455 555. You know, because we were talking about trying to give things to charity or people for free. Yeah. And there was complication. Yeah, OK, right. <clears throat> I can see a hand raised. Can I swear yet? Call me now. No, oh, dearie me. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Biggleswade, London Road is closed around Home Court Avenue because of an accident. Police are on the scene there. The M40 is queuing in both directions from the Denham roundabout to the M25. And the M25 itself, anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. M1 southbound, heavy going between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. On public transport, there's no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to speak, aren't I? 8.15. Couldn't work out what time we were and what news I was supposed to click on. 8.16. On uh, Wednesday, the 22nd of uh, January, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Supreme Court will uh, be making the final ruling about HS2 through Buckinghamshire today. Talks about the Syrian government and opposition forces will attempt to stop the three-year civil war today. In football, the MK Dons lost their league match against Crewe last night by two goals to nil. Come in, you silly old sock. Come on in. Come in. In. You want me now? Come on in. Let me let me hit a button. We'll listen to a lovely trailer for Nick Coffer, and then you and I have a nice little chit-chat. You, you okay? smell nice. Thank you very much indeed. See? BBC's Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. My geography teacher at school resurrected a jazz standard song, which was Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey. It made me dedicate myself to be trying to be better. I always felt that wasn't quite good enough. Expert advice. Absolutely, you've got it. You've nailed it. I am so happy. Thank you. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Complete and utter scum. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That was very naughty of me. Wasn't it? Wasn't it, it Just? We won't go any further. So, Mm -hmm. I really need your help, and I'm surprised you've not... What's happened? Two things. Mm -hmm. Received pornographic texts on my telephone. Oh, yes, I've I've seen you tweeting and talking about this. Thanks for responding. Oh, well, I didn't know you needed my help. Oh, come on. Do you want my help? £100 has been taken from my account over three months because I've been receiving pornographic texts. Right. My now, I saw you were blaming your, your network yes. operator. Are yes. they to blame? Sure, why not? Well, I'm not to blame. I've not been... I've, 
Where do, how, who well, got hold of your number? They said it's because I... See if you recognise this number. Okay. They said it's because I've been texting 81333. What? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then when I said that wasn't true, they got angry with me and said I was being rude. Right. Okay. So there's that. Okay. They're, they're not taking any responsibility for it. I've got the numbers blocked now, but they won't... Were me- you being rude? I mean, you'd have to ask. You'd have to ask the rest of the office that heard me having that conversation yesterday. Right, okay. Um, probably not. No, it's not in my nature. So then, yesterday, I come home. Long day. Four mm. o'clock. Get home. Oh. Note in my door from a de- from a delivery from a, a, an internet provider that provides goods. Yes, their delivery company. Sorry, we missed you. We've left your package at number sixty-eight. I live at number sixty-eight. Oh, no, um, no tracking number. Instead, in the tracking number, they'd written "Please collect" from number sixty-eight. I phone up the number on there. Uh, yeah, then we don't know where it is. What are you going to do about it? Well, there's not a lot we can do. I'm afraid. Sorry about that. There's been a mistake. Yeah, I know there's been a mistake. Can I have the phone number of the actual delivery firm? They don't have a phone number. Boom. I'm lost. What You've you been cloned. What? You've been cloned, haven't you? Oh, you are joking. Possibly. No, I don't think I've been cloned. I think I know what it is. It's something that's been sent to me, and they have used this delivery company that's also used by somebody else. Right. So which bit do you want me to sort out? I'm a bit lost. Can you give me £100 and an Xbox One? Because that's the thing I'm expecting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what you do, isn't it? And then we'll talk about compensation afterwards. Uh, OK, I don't deal with compensation. Oh, you. You'll have to deal with that yourself. Can you get me my... But we need to find out who to get these £100 back from. Well, I've got the phone numbers of all of these pornographic companies. Do I phone them up and say, can I have a refund? But your number must have... uh, It must have... You know, you must have signed up to something, no? What are you saying, mate? I I I don't know. I am a happily... No, no, I'm not suggesting suggesting you sign up to anything, uh, you know, saucy. According to them, it's because I've texted the BBC. Well, that's just ridiculous. Isn't it? They didn't believe me. And they didn't believe... when I, I leant over and asked um, Gary Floyd as well, who knows about these things, and they didn't believe me. Well, do you want me to help you? What's the catch? Well, s- slightly concerned about, you know, the BBC helping the BBC. Oh, you know, oh Do you know what I mean? Like slightly what about worried mates? about... Are we mates? What about yeah. mates helping mates? Using yeah, but if I phone up and I oh, say, look, dear. I'm calling from the BBC about my mate who works at the BBC... Do you know what I mean? I mean... Oh, OK. So you'll help some poor old so-and-so who's done a cash deal with a brickie and then gets upset because that brickie disappears. You'll, you'll, you'll help some silly Muppet who's bought a car from a Dodge pot 100 miles away uh, and then gets upset because they, the car breaks down and they've got to get it back 100 miles away. You, but yet you won't help me. I just think it might be a bit awkward. What's on the show this morning, Jonathan? Make it quick, because I've got lots to do. Coming up on this morning's big phone, it will. Burglary is the hot topic of conversation here in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Police in Hertfordshire and Milton Keynes, they're sending officers to offer security tips to residents who live in areas targeted by burglars, as well as marking and postcoding people's property. They're even knocking on doors to remind people that their windows are open. Last night, Bedfordshire police launched Operation Vision, going door-to-door, warning people to keep their homes safe. Well, from nine this morning, I want to hear your views. I say this touching wood. I have never been burgled. Me neither. It's happened to my family members. It's horrific when it happens. Terrible. But do you know, I know people in Beds, Hearts and Bucks who still go out and don't lock their doors. Oh, that's crazy. I know people in Beds, Hearts and Bucks who go away for the weekend and still leave their bedroom window open. I know people who do this kind of thing. Part of me thinks that it's, it's your fault to a certain extent if that's what you're doing. 
Well, from nine this morning, I want your views and your experiences. Have you been burgled? If so, come on and tell everybody what it was like. And had you done everything you possibly could to prevent it happening? Or do you admit that there are things that you had done that perhaps made it easier and you can tell other people about them in, a, in an effort to try and persuade other people that they shouldn't allow burglars to walk into their homes? 08459 455 555 with your views and your stories on this morning's big phone-in. Have you been burgled? Of course, uh, you'll be doing the consumer hour from 11 o'clock. <laughs> yes. And if he's in the mood, he might help you. Look, I tell you what. If he doesn't fancy it, he won't bother. No, look, I tell you what. Phone me up at 11 Put on a different voice. Call yourself Hillary, and I'll try and help you. That's a date. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm going to have to do that. Hillary will be making an appearance at 11 o'clock today. Now... Uh, with all our police forces increasingly having to uh, told to watch the pennies, uh, more emphasis is being put on stopping crime, as you just said there with uh, JVS, specifically burglary before it happens. Police in Hertfordshire and Milton Keynes have been sending out officers to areas with high numbers of break-ins, offering security tips, invisible marking, and even knocking on doors to tell people they've left their windows open. Last night it was Luton's turn as Bedfordshire police launched Operation Vision in Biscot. But while people living there will no doubt have been delighted to see officers walking about, unless, of course, they're burglars, how effective are crackdowns like this? Joining me now is psychologist Kerry Cooper and Michael Fraser, a former burglar turned security expert. Morning to you, gentlemen. Uh, good morning, Ian. Kerry, good let's... Morning. Good morning. Let's start with you, Kerry. Sure. I- I'm guessing reassurance is a big part of this, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's a, I think it's a really good idea. Uh, you know, it alerts people, because if you think about the vast majority of us, we see it on Law & Order and all the other programmes on television. But, you know, an invasion of your house is really uh, very traumatic for quite a lot of people. And we have to change behavior. And I think the, the good news is the police are coming out just reminding people, hey, this does go on. There are things you can do to kind of prevent it. And I, and I think it will kind of produce positive results. I don't think it will actually so over uh, alert them and scare them. I think it'll just make them think through the process because, um, as we know, you know, given different e- difficult economic times, we are getting more burglaries. Is it not patronising though, Kerry? Uh, these things are common sense. Why aren't? Why do when we pop out to the shops do we think it's okay to leave the front door open? Why when we go away for a weekend do we leave the bedroom window open? But you know, Ian, we lead, lead such frenetic lives now. You know, we're running around. We're doing all sorts of things. We forget about those kinds of things because. In our experience, we haven't, it hasn't actually happened to us yet. So for me, for example, for 25 years, nothing happened. And all of a sudden, I was burgled. And not only was I burgled once, but before I could even get, you know, the people to come in and put all the kind of safety things that I needed, I was burgled again within two weeks. Because they knew you were a soft touch. Uh, absolutely a soft touch. But I never thought about it. I was leading such a frenetic I've never really kind of thought about the details. And I, and I think it is worthwhile kind of thinking through uh, you know, what, what, how you can prevent this kind of thing occurring. Gary, stay there. Let's speak to Michael Fraser, former burglar turned security expert. Michael, what do you think about initiatives like this? Waste of time or a good idea? I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, the problem with burglary is uh, most of burglaries are, are, are committed by the opportunist, and he's looking for that opportunity. And, the, the, you know, it's, it's unfair, but a lot of us don't think like a burglar. So a burglar will look at your house or your flat or whatever it is, they'll look at it. If they can see a weakness in it, 
they'll use that weakness to get into the property. And, uh, you know, I was talking to um, one of your researchers yesterday about the fact that a lot of people put calendars up in the back window in the kitchen and they'll put dates on it and your researcher said, so what? And I said, well, a burglar will look, see the date on there that you're going out and that's the day you'll come back and burgle your property. People do silly things because they don't think about their own safety and the biggest thing to do any householder flat whatever imagine you're locked out of your property how would you get in because he's one step ahead thinking how he would get in well i i know that on those big old doors you can pop that lock with a plastic bottle i'm saying no more because i don't want to give the details away but it can be it can be really easy can't it? do you think michael that if, if people are burgled that it's partly their responsibility for not doing enough. No, I don't, because it, it's very difficult. A lot of people say to me, I was a burglar 30, no, 40 years ago, and I think how they would think. The normal householder doesn't think about the security aspect of anything unless he's burgled or she's burgled. Then they will look at it. But there's so, so many simple things you can do to protect your property, and they'll move on. And, and another thing to look at, go into a car park and look at all the cars. Everybody, all of us, we parallel park. All our wheels are straight. One percent of us will turn our wheels towards the next car or into the curb. A car thief will walk past that car because he knows it's going to take him a couple of seconds longer to pinch that he'll go to the 99% of us who parallel parks. It's Ke- exactly the same on a house or a flat. Kerry, very quickly, uh, as a psychologist and someone who has been burgled, what does it feel like? What's oh, the effect it, it can have? It, it's horrible. I mean, it really is absolutely horrible. And in, in, in my case, it was probably young people who were doing it. And they just, uh, you know, disrupted the whole house, took my kids' clothes, threw them all over the place. I mean, it was horrendous. And it, and it really feels... You're invaded. Your personal space has been invaded. Once you've done, once that's happened to you, by the way, ultimately you just get yourself almost become over concerned about safety. But but it is important, and I think what Michael said is absolutely spot on. They'll look for any kind of weakness, and and the police can tell you where the weaknesses are. And Michael, finally to you, as a burglar, when you were, how did you feel doing it, and afterwards? It's quite strange because I did um, the program Beat the Burglar for the BBC and the, the idea of the program was the presenter walked around with the householder, looked at the property, then they would say to them, sit in the van, you're going to watch on CCTV of somebody burgling your house. So when when I did it, I would have to then meet the own, own homer to the homeowner yes and um it was horrendous because you don't realize what actual harm you're actually committing what you're doing to the people so it, it's horrible and it's horrible for the people as well by the way that's a good idea and that's a really good idea is this the, the, resto- the is this restorative like that is this restorative justice the thing where the burglar meets the uh, that's right the victim? and i think it's really a very worth michael's really hit the nail on the head because i think that's what you we should do hmm. all burglars who are ultimately caught should have to go to apologize in person to the family which means the kids as well wow 
Wow. Listen, that's a debate for another day, and I think we will pick that up at some point. So I, I do find that aspect of it fascinating. Psychologist Kerry Cooper uh, and Michael Fraser, former burglar turned security expert. Your stories about being burgled, please. 08459 455 555. And if you have any stories on restorative justice, give me a call. It's 8.30. Oh, yes, it is 8.30. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Elstree, Street, Barnet Lane is closed between the High Street and Deacons Hill Road because of roadworks which are going on until Saturday. That is causing queues in the surrounding routes. In Biggleswade, London Road is closed around Home Court Avenue because of an accident. And in Brent Cross on the North Circular heading eastbound, one lane is blocked at the M1 Junction 1 Staples Corner because of a broken down lorry. And on the speed sensors, Hartford looking very slow on the A414 towards the centre of town. Uh, that's all the way back from the A10. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Uh, fans of political reporter Paul Scoynes, fans of uh, Cockney rock and roll, stay tuned. We've got some treats for you coming up. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Jane Killick. The latest ruling on legal challenges brought against the government's controversial HS2 rail scheme will be announced today. The Supreme Court will hand down its verdict on an appeal brought by campaigners against the route through Buckinghamshire. A major diplomatic effort to end the three-year civil war in Syria is beginning today in Switzerland. An international conference will bring together delegations representing President Assad's government and part of the Syrian opposition. A police campaign is underway in Luton to crack down on burglary. Officers have been visiting people in the Biscot area to give them advice on making their homes more secure. The weather, cloudy with rain this morning, some sunny spells and showers this afternoon with a high of 8 Celsius. On to sport and in football, in League One, Milton Keynes Dons are now eight points adrift of the playoff places after losing 2-0 away at Crewe last night. The Dons missed a chance to level when Sean Williams' penalty was saved. Dons manager Carl Robinson was critical of his side's performance. Two of the people did their own thing and, and it wasn't through a lack of doing their own thing because they weren't working hard. From an eagerness to do too much... Mm taking too many touches not getting your shots off or your crosses in when you should so I don't want to talk about the penalty or the pitch or Sean obviously his free kick about two minutes before they took theirs and scored theirs there was some there was other elements of that were a little bit more uh, we've got to be a little more honest and more open with ourselves Manchester City are into the final of the League Cup after a 3-0 win against West Ham at Upton Park Luton's lead at the top of the conference is down to just one point. Second-placed Cambridge won 1-0 away to struggling Tamworth, leaving them a point behind Luton with one game in hand. Watford have confirmed that Gabriel Angela's red card against Bournemouth at the weekend has been transferred to his defensive teammate Fitz Hall. Angela was sent off for a foul Hall committed and the club appealed. It means that Hall is now suspended for the FA Cup fourth-round tie at Manchester City on Saturday. And Milton Keynes Olympic long jump champion Greg Rutherford has been forced to delay the start of his 2014 season through injury. The 27-year-old has pulled out of the Glasgow International match on Saturday after suffering a minor injury during training. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm going to blow the lot tomorrow on all my family. We'll catch the coast at eight. So don't be late. 
rough to the sea. Hurry up, will you, Grandad? Come on, we're going down to Margate. And don't forget your buckets and spades, cozies and all. Down to Margate. We'll have a pill of jelly deals at the cockle stall. Down to Margate. We'll go to the pier and we'll have a beer aside of the sea. You can keep the cost of Brava. I'm telling you, mate, I'd rather have a day down Margate with all my family. Ken's in Luton. Morning, Ken. Morning, eh? What do you got for us? What the hell was that? That was political reporter Paul Scoynes reciting the lyrics of uh, Chas and Dave's hit Margate. Oh, my God. I thought it was something to do with uh, funeral directors. Would you prefer this? Is that more your kind of thing, Ken? OK, well, maybe we'll have some of that later on, then. When I was a kid, I was put in a nun school. Really? Yes, I, I had a school where they used to send people to convalesce. Yeah. And they were run by nuns. How did you manage to break the habit? Oh, well, because I made sure one nun made sure the other nun gets none. What have you called in about? Hey, you know, the, the, when you phone up your uh, service provider... Yeah. ..and you say, I haven't had that uh, certain thing. Like, yeah. well, I was charged for a film that we never watched. Was it a mucky film? No. Uh, my, my, my wife won't watch mucky films. No. Anyway, to, I got onto the service provider and yes. I said, uh, you've charged me £2.50 for a film that I've never watched. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll, re- I'll reimburse that for you, mister. So he said, I'll put £2.50's credit. I said, no, you won't. No. £3. Oh. VAT. Oh. See, they put the VAT on. So you think they're going to give you £2.50 back when they should give you £3. Well, the, 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 my phone companies aren't going to give me anything back. And I don't want to... I do, really don't want to phone up. I've got the numbers of these dodgy porn companies that have been sending these texts out. I'm slightly reluctant, Ken, to phone them up and say, can I have my money back? Because I, I don't want to give them my details. Yeah. Well, they've got to have your details, haven't they? Well... Everyone's got your details, Ian. Have you got my details? Yes, yeah, because I have. Oh, that's terrifying. Let's go to uh, Akbar in Luton. Morning, Akbar. Oh, good morning, Ian. <clears throat> yes, sir. Uh, um, you're talking about uh, this Operation View uh, in, in Biscot Ward. Operation Vision, yes. This is the, the police going around and telling people how they can stop being burgled. Mm-hmm. Well, mm. uh, I live in uh, in in Luton uh, in 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 Biscot for uh, uh, I have lived here for the last forty uh, forty years now, and um, I, I, I very little is known about this uh, um, this uh, this project. And uh, burglary um, to uh, is, is is not a serious problem uh, as far as I can see. In the burglary is not a serious problem. Yes, in, in, in Biscot at least, uh, at, at least, uh, it's, um, the, the, the community is, um, is, is very law-abiding uh, and uh, you will come across uh, uh, incidents here and there, but it's not an issue we should be on the top of the list of the priorities which uh, 
police should be considering and dealing with. There are there are other issues. What, what, uh, sh- what should they be prioritising? Yes, uh, I'm, 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 they, they should be they should be uh, dealing with drugs issues and the issues of uh, I, I know I know it doesn't fall into their uh, um, lap. But this uh, uh, this area has been flooded with uh, uh, with the bad planning decisions. Well, the, 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 you're right. The, the, the bad planning decisions doesn't fall into the police's lap. No, they yeah, can't deal I, with that. And I one one it. might think that there is a connection between drugs and burglary. There often is, isn't there? Well, there is, there is, but uh, uh, we need, need to recognise the the, uh, the wonderful uh, positive character of the of the community uh, which inhabits Biscot uh, and the adjacent wards, and uh, it, it it must go to their credit on the whole that uh, they, uh, the, the the youngsters are well mannered, and uh, um, in general, uh, yeah. uh, the burglary is not a big issue. Okay, Akbar, thank you very much. Much indeed. Uh, Justin Daly is with us. Morning, Justin. Morning, boss. Uh, we've got, we're talking, I just want to clear something up. I've had an email from uh, Sarah, and I, I replied to her saying, come on the air, and she's not got back. Maybe she's busy. I don't know. But I just want to clear this up very quickly, if I can. Yeah. Talking well. about the swear box, mm. and yesterday we were asking, what charity should we give the money to? Yeah. It's going to charity. Sorry, Just. Mm. Uh, and you, you owe 11 quid already? <laughs> Mind you, somebody I spoke to yesterday does have a swear box, yeah. and she spends that money on treating herself. Well, then I'm you just, just saying, be, I'm you, just saying. But well, you rewarded yourself for bad behaviour, Yeah, surely? no, we're giving it to Sounds charity. Good to me. And we decided, someone suggested, and we decided that we're going to give it to a Tourette's charity. Mm. Okay. Because we can help it, yeah. they can't. Yeah. Morning, yeah. Ian, from Sarah. This is not a dig, so please don't think it is. I actually really enjoy your show, but I did want to mention something. Earlier on today, around 7am, I happened to hear you discussing your swear box in your studio and the amount of money you made yesterday. You, oh, I say fortune just. Mm. You continued by saying you were getting the Tourette's out of the studio. You didn't say that. I don't know what that means. We didn't say that. Anyway. No. That's wrong. I wanted to let you know, there's, it actually goes on to make a, a, a really good point. As a mother with a son with Tourette's, that in fact only 5 to 10% of Tourette's sufferers have coprolalia using obscene or unacceptable language. It seems that Tourette's is thought of as a swearing condition, um, and unfortunately the media plays up this myth. I wouldn't want the public myth to be fed, a bit like all immigrants come here and take our job. Basically saying that only about 10% of people with Tourette's swear. We certainly didn't say anything about taking Tourette's out of the studio, I don't know. But um, I, still think, I still think it's a good charity, well, isn't I, it? I think it's a fair point, but still, good we're point. talking here about 10% of people, so there's still yep. 10%. So if the money's got to go somewhere, you know, it's a charity at the end of the day, yep. so any form of money will be helping that charity. We're, OK, this is what we'll do. Friday, let's get someone on from the, the Tourette's charity to come yeah. on, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll offer point, them yeah. the money if they don't want it then we'll, we'll go and have a fry-up. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll find something to do. But we'll, we'll, we should get them on and make them the offer of the money and tell them where it's come from. Absolutely. And let yeah, them yeah. make the decision. That's how we'll do it. That's exactly how we'll do it. By the way, Catherine, yes. can you just, um, very quickly, before we do the thing about the racist chair, have you got the swear stats in reverse order from the lowest to the highest, please? OK. In reverse order, in third place, Kelly Betts with Woo-hoo! two swears. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Although, to be honest, I think staying silent for most of yesterday is cheating a bit. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. In She's doing it now, look, she can't speak. <laughs> and it's made her feel really tense as well. Doesn't yeah. that just show? Yeah. Right, me and you, Ian. Hello. We're joint second place on seven swears seven apiece. Swears. Three pounds fifty each. Okay. To be honest, I've written down which swears, who'd swears who'd, which swears people done. Yeah. Don't read them out. Mine are all mild. I think I should be paying half that because there's no. sort of 25 peers. No. Yours were the strong ones. I've done a couple of strong ones, yes. yes. Mine are just the ones that slip out. Who's, who's in JD first place? JD yes. racing into the lead. Or, uh, 
is he a winner? I think maybe he's the loser in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> I just like giving to charity. 22, you like giving it out. 22 yes. swears that's and, 11 and we th- pounds. We think that's a generous... We, we think that, you know, we've cut you some slack there, Justin. There is some undeclared swears, I yeah. think. That's Listen, him on a day that he's trying not to swear. <laughs> with free speech. You said there were 10 swears yesterday with your mum over an egg roll. Yes, yes. Slightly angry conversation about something. What was wrong with the egg roll? No, there was nothing wrong with the egg roll. It was something else. It was about her property. (laughs) (laughs) Right, anyway. Listen, the reason we got you on is uh, front page of the the Sun newspaper. It's in a couple of the other newspapers. It's what's being billed as a racist chair. Bramovich's uh, girlfriend has sparked a race row in the papers. She's sat on this chair. It's of a a black woman in a kind of, um, I would say, a sexually provocative position. Certainly a submissive position and she's being used as a chair. People are saying it's racist. I don't think I buy the racist the racist thing. Sexist, possibly, ugly, mm. definitely. Justin, you've been out and about this morning. What have people been saying? Yeah, I mean, this chair is just absolutely hideous. It, it looks ridiculous for Abramovich. I think, personally, it's very, very embarrassing. Uh, his girlfriend has issued an apology. But um, I've been talking to members of the black community in Luton that they are very, very offended by this image. Here's what they had to say. I just think it's disgusting. They shouldn't have it on there like that. No, no. And I mean... Why depict a black woman doing that? Why should you even have that on the front page? As a black woman, Mm. how does that make you feel? Seeing that image, how does it make you feel? It just makes me feel degraded, like we're worth less. Like we are worth less than anybody else. That's That's not right. I find that very, this is very offensive. I find it very offensive. It's in very bad taste. I don't understand why she would have a chair in the image of a black woman. What is she trying to portray? Now, how would you like it if I bought a white lady chair and sat on it and put myself in the front of the newspaper? What would you say? What does that mean? That means that all black women are under her feet. That's what it means. You know, she really needs a better apology than what she's given. We are not under her feet. We are all equals on the face of this earth. Um, I think it could trigger thoughts going back to the day and you think to yourself, it could bring back memories, I think. Um, I don't think it's appropriate. See, Ian and I have been talking about this this morning. Inappropriate, yes, but do you think that's actually racist, that chair? It has connotations of racism and I think some people would take offence to it. Do you take offence to it? I I most certainly take offence to that. It's interesting. Easy for us, Justin, white middle-class people to talk about this and be slightly uh, detached or unconnected to it. But it's based on a very famous 60s chair, which is is a white woman. Yeah. So I'm not... <sighs> but I think that's the key point. You know, that was in the 1960s. Yeah. Uh, here we are in the year 2014. Um, the Chelsea owner, Roman Abramovich, as I mentioned to you earlier on, he never speaks out. So he's not going to come out and defend what his girlfriend has done here because he never, ever talks to the media. I went to a, a Russian state recently. I saw one black person all weekend, that person was a tourist. Putting that into context, looking at this picture this morning, for me personally, that's wrong. The person who advised her mm. uh, during this photo shoot, I tell you what, come and sit on this chair, this black woman chair. Whoever gave her that advice is making her and her family look utterly ridiculous this morning. Mm. Justin, cracking stuff, thank you. It's certainly worth thinking about, isn't it? I mean, I. I mm racist uh, i don't know i don't know i don't i don't think it is i think it's hideous sexist uh, yeah possibly
Racist? Not totally convinced. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting with public transport, First Capital Connect and East Coast have delayed of up to 10 minutes on services via Stevenage, mainly trains heading towards London. On the roads in Biggleswade, London Road is closed around Homecourt Avenue after an accident. And in Elstree, Barnet Lane is also closed between the High Street and Deacons Hill Road because of roadworks. It's causing queues in the surrounding routes. And the M1 southbound, heavy going between 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Coming up to 8.46, it's Wednesday the 22nd of January. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Supreme Court will make the final ruling about HS2 through Buckinghamshire today. Police in Luton have begun a crackdown on burglary by advising people how to prevent break-ins. In football, the MK Dons lost their league match against Crewe last night by two goals to nil. Coming up, more Paul Scoynes and maybe, fingers crossed, the real Chaz. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio night. That rain seems to have moved eastwards now. We've got some cloud around, maybe a bit of mist in some places, but it is gradually starting to brighten up. Later on this afternoon we may see a glimmer of sunshine. Maximum temperature 8 Celsius, 46 degrees in Fahrenheit. There's also a chance of one or two isolated showers uh, towards the latter part of the afternoon and into the evening, but eventually it's going to dry out overnight. The cloud will part, the wind will become light and that could lead to the temperatures dropping down cold enough for a little bit of ground frost first thing tomorrow morning. So as we head into tomorrow morning, it's a dry but chilly start, but it's not going to stay dry, I'm afraid. More rain on its way, some heavy rain and perhaps a rumble or two of thunder. Tomorrow afternoon, though, it is a brighter picture. We'll see some sunshine and uh, the temperature a bit cooler, just 7 Celsius for tomorrow. That's your forecast. There's magic. Hey, presto! And then there's the magic of the FA Cup. It's a great draw for us. It's a way that the football community can connect with Stevenage again. On Saturday, two of our local teams hope to pull a win out of the hat against Premier League opposition. Come and go, go finish. Yes, he can! Up first, it's Watford's trip to free-scoring Manchester City. By Stevenage at home to Everton in the late kickoff. And Charles rolls the ball into the net. Everton lead by two goals to nil. Hear both games live this Saturday from two here on BBC Three Counties Radio. If only there was some way we could get that Hey Presto recreated live on my show. Hey Presto! Wow, look at you moonlighting. Uh, we read out the email from Sarah, not Sarah, I do apologise. Uh, and Sarah joins me on the line now. Morning, Sarah. Hello, Ian. You, you spell it Sarah. We had, my mother had ideas above her station. Oh, a little bit posh, was oh, she? absolutely, yes. Oh, I see. Uh, now, listen, let me pick you up on one thing, and then you can pick me up on as many things as you want. We didn't say that we were getting the Tourette's out of the studio. It was it was something along that. I will, I will listen back. Do! Um, earlier on, um, later on. Um, but no, as, as I said on the email, it really isn't a dig at all. It's just kind of trying to break down the, 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 the urban myth that people with Tourette's swear. Oh, listen, and we didn't take it as a dig at all, and we're always happy for these things to be uh, clarified, and, you know, if we've made a mistake, then to correct it. Uh, so your your boy's got it. Yes. And he, has he got the sweary Tourette's? No. He hasn't got the sweary Tourette's. So how does his Tourette's affect him? Um, he started when he was 13. Um, he started off just having a little kind of jump that he would do. Oh, okay. um, then it would be, um, he would slap his head. 
um, to the point that he actually put fork tines in his forehead at one point. Oh, um, and he, yes, he does have vocal tics. His latest one is All Hail Caesar. Um, which oh. makes the little old lady across the road somewhat alarmed when he pops his head out of the door. I bet she does. <laughs> um, but, but for him, yes, he has physical tics. He does have vocal tics, but I say not, not abusive, not offensive. Um, for him, it's more the add-ons that you get with Tourette's that impact his life the most. Um, they're called comorbids. Um, so he has things like depression and he has... Um, obsessive compulsive disorder and if you've got an obsessive compulsive disorder and you have Tourette's it almost makes the obsessive co- co- um, compulsive disorder worse mm. because you have to do things in a certain order mm. and then the Tourette's gets in the way so he'll do the jump so he then has to start again from the beginning oh gosh um, frustrating. also um, when it comes to charities Tourette's action is the one to, to start with they're the biggest one in the That's UK. the one who I think, I think we're going to speak. I, I've been reminded of what I said. I think we said something along the lines of, and if this is offensive, I apologise. I don't think it is, but you're in a better position to say uh, that Justin is going to, um, by the end of the week, he'll have sworn so much that the charity will go out of business. Something along those lines. Yeah, so I, I, I can't remember okay. exactly. I was, I was if that was offensive, I, was I apologise. No, no, it's not, not offensive at all. I just really wanted to, 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 to kind of put the point across because my, most people, when they think of Tourette's, they think, oh, well, that's that swearing yeah. condition. And it's is not. it appropriate? And we're going to to the charity and we'll ask them if they want uh, our dirty cash. Is I, it, think you should, I, should think, I think they'll be more than happy to Well, is it appropriate then to, to give money from a swear box uh, to a Tourette's charity? Um, as a mother with a, a son who has Tourette's syndrome and has lots of friends whose children have Tourette's syndrome, obviously, because we, we join groups, I think it's more than appropriate. I think any money a charity can get, however it's, it's raised, is, is good by me. Sarah, thank you very much. I appreciate your call. I appreciate your email. We'll, we'll, we'll ask the charity. Um, uh, and they may say, oh, no, thank you. You've been very flippant. No, 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 we're not having that. But who knows? We'll speak to them. Uh, Diane's in Hemel. Morning, Diane. Hello. You've got a similar experience with the parcel, have you? Yes. What yes. happened? Um, uh, we ordered something online, um, a tablet, and um, it said it was going to take a few weeks to arrive. But in the meantime, we had to go away on holiday. Oh, yeah. So we thought, well, if the parcel comes, I'll take it back to the depot anyway. Uh, we get back off holiday, and then on our doorstep was a card to say, parcel's been left in the green bin, which is our deep green oh. recycling bin. Oh, no. And while we were away, oh, what happened? No. The but- bin was emptied, so along with our parcel. And this was in November, and we're still having trouble trying to get... <laughs> Did you, you know. Have you been on, been on with JVS? No, that's what I uh, thought maybe is the best thing to do. Oh, because oh, I've heard, I'm sure I've heard a similar story like this on, on his consumer. Give him a call. I'll tell you what we, we'll, we'll do, Diane, if you don't yeah. mind. We'll pass your details on to the JVS yeah. team. Because this, uh, what have the company said when you've spoken to them? Well, to get back to the seller, and the seller was in Hong Kong. Oh. So we're still sending emails. They're trying their best over there, but this has gone on for two months now. And, oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> Diane. Listen, what we're going to do is we're going to give your details to Tim on the JVS team. Yeah. And uh, who knows? Hopefully they'll give you a call. May not be today. No, but I suspect this is today. But yeah, yeah, I suspect this is the kind of story they'd love to get their teeth into. Yeah. Oh, that'd be lovely. Fingers crossed, and let us know how you get on All with right, them. Cheers, Diane. There we go. If you've got a problem like that, I, it, it is my favourite um, hour of radio anywhere. I'm not just saying that. Uh, I am contractually obliged to say it, but also I genuinely mean it. The consumer hour, JVS, eleven o'clock. Uh, and that is exactly the kind of thing he likes to sort out. Uh, if you want to um, get in touch now, JVS show at bbc.co.uk. Now, heavy metal, heavy metal, rock and roll, rock and roll, baby, baby, baby. 
Yeah, it's all that stuff, isn't it? One of the biggest events in the heavy metal music calendar takes place in Hertfordshire later this year. Sonisphere at Nebworth has already announced the likes of, I mean, some real legends. The Prodigy, Metallica, Iron Maiden, Chaz and Dave. Well, Chaz joins me on the line now. Chaz? Good morning, dear. Good morning, boss. How are you doing? You are right? I'm all right, mate, yeah. What on earth is going on? Well, we uh, we played the first one in in uh, 1979 when we supported Led Zeppelin. <laughs> what a gig! That must have been awesome. And uh, we went down. We went down well. So a return booking uh, was expected. <laughs> Forty years later, they finally made that return booking. Yeah, yeah. I knew. I, I knew we'd get one. The thi- the th- <laughs> you keep holding out. The thing about your music is. It kind of, because it's so hard to uh, classify, it crosses every kind of musical spectrum, doesn't it? Well, that's, that's right. Um, I remember somebody saying a few years ago, he said you could come on in the middle of a Pavarotti uh, gig and go down a storm. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, yeah, it's just about right. What was it like supporting Led Zeppelin, 79? They were huge. Well, I just remember loads and loads of people. Um, I can't remember seeing Led Zeppelin. I think we had to, we had to rush off and do a... A TV or something like that, but uh, there was certainly a lot of people there. Now, listen, we've been getting our, our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, Jazz, to, to uh, recite, reinterpret some of your classic songs. Have a little listen to this and get, just give us your feedback afterwards. Rabbit. 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 You've got a beautiful chin. You've got beautiful skin. You've got a beautiful face. You've got taste. You've got beautiful eyes. You've got beautiful thighs. You've got a lot, without a doubt. But I'm thinking about blowing you out. Because you won't stop talking. Why don't you give it a rest? got more rabbit than Sainsbury's. It's time you got it off your chest. What do you reckon, Chaz? Well, actually, sounds like a bloke that's very much in love. It's Listen, when you hear it like that, yeah. that is poetry. Yeah, it certainly is, yeah. I mean, it's uh, Shakespeare. Um, yeah, Let's not get carried the away. Man is, the man is very much in love. Um, he doesn't really like to give all his heart away, uh, uh, but th- that's it. I, he is very much in love, and he's not going to blow the girl out at all. How does how does it work? How does it work when you're writing songs? We know you just had a new album out, and we were we were playing. Um, that's what happens when two worlds oh, collide. Right. We've been yeah. playing that a lot on this show. Yeah, I know. Yeah, thanks a lot. Oh, it's a pleasure. We, we you know, it's it's a cracking song, yeah. cracking record. How does it work with the songwriting? Who does what? Um, well, it varies. Uh, sometimes we collaborate. Um, say with London Girls, that was a pure collaboration. Uh, with Ain't No Pleasing You, I wrote that one with Dave's approval. It, it, uh, there's no rules, really. Uh, and it, are you still enjoying it all this time later? Is it still fun? Oh, mo- most definitely. More, more fun. Um, keeps you fit, keeps your brain working. Um, it's, uh, it gives, gives you back what you put in it all those years. And w- am I right? Have I got this right? That you were you did a re- you were sampled by Eminem. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Did that? Well, did you get a few quid for that? No, we didn't oh. get a penny for it. Really? No. Oh, I thought you'd have been quids in for something like that. Well, we should have done. I, I would have thought, but oh. um, 
Uh, we haven't received anything yet. I'll let you know if we and do. Chaz, you got any other gigs coming up? We're talking about Sonosphere. You got you always seem to be on tour, you two. Well, our big one this year is uh, we're topping the bill at the uh, Albert Hall on oh. the 25th of April. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, going to be a good yeah. Do you know what? I might speak to Garner and see if I can come down for that. Yeah, definitely come down, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, it'll stick you on the guest list. Love it. I'm going to have a little chat with Paul because it's been too long. Paul's yeah. Jazz's son-in-law, by the way. He's also a very good friend of mine. Uh, Jazz, I, finally, I'm surprised because last time we to get hold, tried to get hold of you, you weren't awake at this time in the morning. And if I'm honest, yeah. we were kind of hoping that you'd sleep in and we get to speak to your missus again. Because <laughs> she, she's brilliant, isn't she? I know, yeah. I, that, yeah, I could have uh, I, I easily fixed that up. <laughs> she's downstairs making a cup of tea. How is she? Is she all right? Yeah, she's great. Excellent yeah. stuff. We'll send her our love. Chaz, it's really nice to talk to you. We'll do it. And yeah. uh, best luck with everything. Cheers, mate. Cheers, my dears. There we go. Look at that. Isn't, isn't he? If you miss that, that's going to be in the podcast later. That's going to be in the... He's my favourite one. Out of what? Chaz and Dave? You yeah. can't... You can't... <laughs> We've never spoken to Dave. You can't say that. That's mostly why he's my favourite. And his, his wife's lovely. His wife is my favourite one out of Chaz and Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just blagged myself on the guest list to uh, Royal Albert Hall. You just took yourself out of it. <laughs> oh, fair. Isn't, oh, and you're excited, Kelly, because he called you darling. Yeah, and he said, watcha. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, there we go. That's it. That's your lot. That bit will be in the podcast this week, I think, because what a lovely gentleman. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I'll give you details on how you can get the podcast in a bit, but before that, let's get the travel. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Biggleswade, London Road is closed around Homecourt Avenue after an accident earlier on. And on the speed sensors, the A1M southbound really struggling still between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow between 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. And on public transport, First Capital Connect and East Coast have delays of 10 minutes possible on services via Stevenage, mainly affecting trains heading towards London. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm already typing the email to get me on the guest list for Chaz and Dave at the Royal Albert Hall. Oh, I'm not missing that bad boy. Not in the slightest. Thank you, everyone who took part. Always nice to have your company. We'll have more from Paul Scoynes reciting Chaz and Dave tomorrow. JVS is up next. Till tomorrow at six. From me, ta-ta. and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in... Have you been burgled? Police in Hertfordshire and Milton Keynes, they're sending officers to offer security tips to residents who live in areas being targeted by...